Hey listeners, welcome to the Simpsons Index podcast with our special guest Michael Swaim. Before we get started, I want to apologize because there is a little audio issue at the beginning of the show. During the first segment, Michael's going to sound like he's on a telephone, but once we hit the second segment, the issue gets resolved and he sounds great. It's just part of the difficulties with doing international recordings. All right, let's start the podcast. The Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you out of SideQuest Studios, this is The Simpsons Index, episode 144. Hello out there, I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill, and joining me in SideQuest Studios is Danny Rosewell. I'm Danny Rosewell. And here as always, except when he's not P.T. Calloway. No, hi, hi. And joining us all the way from California in the United States from the Small Beans Network, Michael Swain. <laughs> <laughs> Which I believe is tradition among Simpsons fans. <laughs> well, you took a hoy hoy, so yeah. <laughs> a woohoo to you, fine gentlemen. Thanks for having me. A woohoo to you too. I'm Michael Swain. <laughs> My voice sounds like this. <laughs> and thank you for joining us for The Simpsons Index. This is a podcast where we watch and review three episodes of The Simpsons at a time, but there's a twist. Each episode must come from a different decade. Now, Michael, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. We like to ask our first time guests what is your simpsons history where did the show begin with you oh wow i have a pretty decent simpsons history because i actually one of my earliest memories and i don't know how he called this because when i look back to it just being you know life in hell and matt Groening's previous work bongo comics and such mm-hmm. my dad sat us me and my little brother on the couch when simpsons roasting over an open fire was going to air for the first time wow. and put a tape in the vcr to record it <laughs> and was like this is a little too raunchy for you to watch but i think it's going to be an important part of like cultural history so you're going to watch it. it was that and the night vision footage of the bombing of Baghdad. So the two things, he was like, we're fucking watching this. This is Oh, important. man. The big tour. Uh, the moon landing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it was like, the, it's the big prediction of his life. <laughs> and we used to just religiously tape that shit every single Sunday. It was the family ritual. Mom politely complaining that we are objectively too young to be watching it. But him going... But it's brilliant. That's like saying you wouldn't take them to see Othello when Shakespeare was writing because it's too violent. She's like, all right, all right. It is funny. (laughs) Um, And so to this day, I mean, it's everything to me. It taught me to write comedy. It informed the kind of comedy I like to write. Without it, I probably wouldn't be a comedian. There are other things I love, but it's the linchpin. Mm. I find myself constructing jokes mostly like Simpsons writers. And it's also my comfort food. So, like, I've watched it over and over and over. And, yes, I do watch all the way up to whatever's currently on air. (laughs) I'm all caught up. Oh, wow, because that's the other question. Where did the show end with you? Because we're used to asking every one of our guests, where did you stop? So you haven't? Yeah. I had, like, 12 years there where I did have a strong feeling about, like, The Simpsons' golden era was from here to here, Mm. and then I stopped watching here because it really went off the rails here. And I totally can still, and I'm excited to, unpack all of that, but... (laughs) I've gotten to the point where there's still so many worse shows yeah. that I can still watch the new ones and 
it's like an album. I treat the seasons like albums now. Mm. My point is I got over trying to be cool and know when Simpsons got bad, and I still just watch it. And there are episodes where I go like, I was cringing from start to finish. That really did suck. But that used to make me hurt so much I didn't want to keep watching it. Mm. Now I'm like, well, you know, the next <laughs> one might be better. Roll they, with the punches. They've made fucking 500, and the staff is completely, like the genetic makeup is completely different people yeah. at this point. Yeah. Yeah, same shell, different insides. But exactly. yeah, and you know, that's what we're sort of trying to do is to show people that there are still some gems in the, the later era. Is that what we're doing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were ripping into it. <laughs> we can do both. <laughs> well, yeah, let's hook into the, uh, the latest episode then. We just watched season 25, episode four, YOLO. First released in November of 2013, it was directed by Michael Polcino, written by Michael, Michael Nabroni. In this episode, Homer starts feeling like he might not have fulfilled all of his dreams in life, and Marge puts him in touch with his old pen pal who helps him live out these dreams, and in the B story, Lisa introduces a self-monitoring method of uh, school cheating thing, which... Yep. Yep. Does and doesn't Honor work. I, I don't know. I didn't really follow the beast. Hey, guys, <laughs> what did we think? <laughs> Not good, Ken. Didn't <laughs> like it. <laughs> For something with a lot of potential, well, man, it just flattened itself. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a few moments that still stand out as like that joke was still not classic but mm. that joke was passable simpsons joke good job um, but you're kind of hungry for those moments especially when it feels like a show that is built on and even in the newer era sometimes still hits like if you're gonna have a one-off simpsons characters only in one and done mm. they usually have strong characteristics or are built around like snl style yeah. an impression yeah. or even just an excellent voice one of the cast has come up with this was just Hank Azaria doing his generic Latinx voice. He's done it a in a million episodes. Generic, forgettable guy. Like it's <laughs> yeah. one of the more forgettable guest characters ever. And yeah, other than standout jokes, that really bugged me. It also really bugged me that Homer and Marge seemed relegated to grounded parent jokes, mm. which it's like I don't know. I feel like Homer used to be. Yeah, Bart is unsupervised because his family's on the brink of destitution. Homer's also out there being crazy. He doesn't give a shit his son is unsupervised. <laughs> now he's like texting his son's dad to pick the other yeah, kid up. Yeah, yeah. That seemed too grounded to me. It was odd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we got a little questionnaire with how we run the show, so let's hook into it. And we'll start with the man to my right, Danny Rosewell. For better or worse, what's a moment that stands out to you from this episode? I've got to say that my big standout was like Barton Milhouse starting off with this huge crushing friendship blow falling apart and then it's just dropped. Yeah. I was sure that was going to be the B story or the A story and they're strangling each other and there's the allergy and there's everything is like set up for well, heart, heartbreak, you know? I mean, fuck that bit with the allergy. That was one and done and totally pointless. But yeah, yeah. the setup of Bart always gets to go first and then he even says, why are we friends? It's like, your desk was behind mine in first class. I was like, mm. oh. That was incredible. I was really invested in that. Mm -hmm. Gone. Yeah, no good. And that all it was doing was setting up that Kirk was having a mid-like crisis. 
Yeah. And then he was dropped as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We didn't come back to Kirk. I think if that was if it was like a YOLO arc, surely you should be coming back to Kirk at the end somehow, tying like he has a realization and then Homer learns from Kirk's realization and Yeah. Although Simpsons does have a proud tradition of the first like five minutes being <laughs> the fuck it's you? about the squid port. No, it's about the mafia. Yeah. No, Bart got a job at the golf course. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Or like my favorite instance of that is all the shit with grandpa at his funeral mm. <laughs> and they build a mm. tennis court <laughs> he goes, i bet you didn't see that coming yeah <laughs> he literally shines a lot on that oh. <laughs> yeah but at the same i totally get danny's point and i think it's super true is that it's weird it's like uh, falling out between Bart and Milhouse used to be fodder for the heart of an entire episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, also, Lisa becomes disillusioned with the system. That used to be a whole episode. Yeah. Yep. There's too much, almost. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's all the little germs trying to get through the door, and none of them can yep. pass through. Move it, ahead. How about you, BT? What stands out to you for better or worse? Okay, so doing the whole Homer has like a midlife crisis thing, considering how much he's achieved in his life already, that's a little hard to believe. But at least it could be that kind of thing of. You're never satisfied as a person. You can never stop and think, oh, look back and go, I've done everything. It's always going to feel like, what haven't I done? So I appreciate that to a degree, but they're going through the list of things he wants to do with his pen pal. One is be a fireman. He's done that in season 18. (laughs) Uh, Another is fight fight pirates. He's done that in the Mansion family. Like, he's literally already lived out all his boy dreams. Like, they have no other things to draw from. Dude's busy space. How how do you feel you've done nothing with your life? There's a drawing of him with Eduardo, and Eduardo's an astronaut, and he's, like, king of the cheeseburgers. Like, but you've been an astronaut. (laughs) You ordered a mountain of cheeseburgers. Oil platform. Yeah. God damn. Everything. So like this is not even his first midlife crisis. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing because I appreciate the idea of the midlife crisis being it will never feel like enough because you're still living. It's like so what else is there? But they don't focus on that. They focus on like he's done nothing, and it's season twenty. Goddamn yeah. five. Yeah. And they don't solve the crisis. They no. get to the end and they're like, "Look, we've crossed three things off your list. Now you're enlightened. Now no. you are a bodhisattva." The end. Now you're ready for the end. Congratulations. Wait for death. No, because there's no third act conflict or resolution on this. He just goes skydiving. Yeah. <laughs> That's their third act. The ending is super muddled. It's also weird that it's like Marge says, "No, don't. You have a wife and children." don't do dangerous life endangering shit and he goes no hang up on you can listen to your wife when you're dead it's like i don't understand <laughs> it is the the message steered from look how ridiculous midlife crises are to lean into your midlife crisis yeah, yeah. Whatever yeah. It yeah. Tells you to and, do. and live while you can <laughs> and it's one of those weird things where she's like uh you know homer yolo also means that you'll die one day and it's like does that mean he's never going to land? Of course he is. He's only like paragliding or whatever. She he's told him to go hang out with him and fulfill this stuff. Yeah. She invited him over. <laughs> she paid apparently for Eduardo to come to visit. Oh, never mind. I'm talking too much. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. How about you, Michael? What stands out to you from this episode for better or worse? I'm going to go Neil deGrasse Tyson on this shit. It bothered me that. Homer does a bit where he says he fell fast in the speed of sound and then the sound of him falling oh, catches mm. up. But human terminal velocity is around 120 miles an hour. The speed of sound is so like 750 or something. There's, it's not physically possible. That's oh, my takeaway. I, I think you need to start that with a... Well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, to that point as well, like, 
Why did Homer go to hospital and Bart didn't? <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, man. Surely... I found it really upsetting that Homer crashing into Bart was how to wrap up Bart's arc. Yeah. I mean, they're both dead. That goes without saying. <laughs> but And then Homer's in hospital, Bart's fine. And then the next scene, Homer's fine. And the Spanish guy was just like sitting around waiting for him to get out of hospital so he could drive him to the airport. This makes no sense to me. This guy who was like exceedingly rich that was able to pay for Homer yep. to have all these experience. Mm. Oh, yeah. Can't get a fucking taxi to the Springfield airport. Well, to be fair, the guy has 200 children. So that's a lot of, you know, support <laughs> yeah, payments. That was an odd detail. Yeah. <laughs> oh, quick math. Yeah. Eight wives, 200 children. Like, I mean, they're not all from his wives, I would assume. <laughs> Still. I would hope, dear God. Uh, you'd need to have some of those wives at the same time, just like constantly pumping them out. Yeah. Crossover wives. Yeah. <laughs> Nine months a child times 200. It's The math doesn't work at all. Well, there's an interesting character trait for this guy who's very virile. <laughs> <laughs> Sperm dripping out of every orifice. <laughs> and Thanks what, for that image, man. <laughs> and what stands out to me from this episode is, yeah, the Lisa subplot. I don't feel like they actually showed what this system was. Like, no. and when Bart was cheating and Lisa said, I'm going to dob you in, and he said, that's going to prove it didn't work. It's totally going to prove that it works. Lisa's policing. That yeah. was part of her idea. Yeah, the pitch was, uh, what was it? Kids dobbing other kids. Yeah, they'll take a vow to not cheat and dob in anyone who does. Yeah. It's literally part of the system. <laughs> yeah, it's. it feels like, and I'm not, not to besmirch, I like a lot of dumb humor too. I like a lot of dumb shows. Mm. But Simpsons is noted for its almost too smart. Like, we all went to fucking Harvard <laughs> yeah. jokes. And what I was getting at I, with the speed of sound thing, I think does bear on this. Like, in the old days, that speed of sound thing would have been argued about in the writer's room. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And now it's not because they're like, speed of sound is a smart sounding thing to make a joke about. But they. <laughs> aren't actually super nerd scientists and i think the same thing goes for people who recognize a classic simpsons arc is bart and lisa have a problem and at the end one of them whips out a solution where you're like that's actually very clever like suddenly i don't know why bart is sherlock holmes but he's like yeah. bob terwilliger did this and this, and this. And like, <laughs> since when were you smart but okay and in this one they're like they know they need that and then at the end, they just say a bunch of words. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're like, that wasn't like a puzzle. That wasn't yeah. anything. Yeah. It wasn't a solution. Yeah. Like hacker speak. If we use enough big words, no one's going to care, yeah. you know? Because Bart exactly. literally just goes, oh, I'd need a sign from God to know I was wrong. Oh, uh, Homer landed oh, on me. God. I guess that's my What? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this uh, storyline didn't really hold any water for me. It was, yeah, just netting, pouring water into netting. <laughs> yeah. So, play count. How many times before tonight have you watched this episode? I have never watched this episode. A big fat zero. How about you, Michael? Between six and ten, probably. I'm very really? <laughs> it also depends, because I sleep with television running continuously, yeah. oh. which is a terrible <laughs> habit, but uh, so unconsciously, probably even more. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've probably seen this three times, Max, and, you know, I still defend some of the HD era, but, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know that I could even, yeah, sleep with this one on. <laughs> <laughs> so, we also like to talk about on the Index, you know, two big factors of Simpsons episodes that we think are important, because it was amazing, you know, in the classic era to watch them strike this balance between the wackiness and the heart. So, how about the wackiness? Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? I, th I would say in the sense that Homer should clearly be dead. Someone should yeah. or probably has charted 
the cognitive dissonance between <laughs> Homer's injuries and ability to heal because it does seem like there's like it varies. It's anomalous from mm. episode to episode. Mm. But in the early days as a trend, Homer would get horribly hurt but there would be some like passing mm. excuse for a consequence. Like he's in the full body cast for one scene yeah. later. Yeah. He's better. Now they literally do the things where like the joke is a sword can just casually go through his body. There's yeah. a lot more magic as time goes on. And yeah. I would say this one goes hard towards wacky Homer and I, I got to say, I dislike it because it's wacky Homer in a way that they try to also do heart. You're like, he's <laughs> uh, squirrel gliding. Isn't that profound? And I'm like, it's neither wacky nor profound. Yeah. It's yeah. just weird. <laughs> it's, it felt like they just wanted the shot of the scenery, you know? Mm -hmm. um, it was for the beauty of the moment. I didn't feel like he even learned was learning anything from it. And nope. he had Marge yeah. and Johnny Spaniard on as devil and angel on both shoulders. <laughs> I, I sound racist there, but what I mean is that he's a non-character. Not that Spaniards are all the same. Um, keep moving, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Marge said it, not you. I yeah. Think <laughs> can't go gallivanting around with a Spaniard. <laughs> yeah, Marge fully had one of her, I'm not racist, but moments. Like, Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I think this, uh, the gliding thing as well was almost an excuse to do a reprise of the cliff falling pit, but just oh, with a skyscraper. Yeah, with this Man. sudden skyscraper that has never been in Springfield before. <laughs> and they, they're like, leave it hanging. Like when um, Peter Griffin like bangs his knee and it just mm. goes for 30 minutes. Yeah. Dude, they milk this way too much. And then, yeah, he, he starts falling down, but then he manages to fly back up and then starts the whole process again. Oh, and when he lands, suddenly he's over the school. He's not over the skyscraper at all. That that bothered me the most. Thank you. <laughs> Thank that you. Was, it's like the rare occasion where you see Moe's in the background and King Toot's music store mm -hmm. is not next door. Oh. And you're like, who who animated this shit? <laughs> established canon, man. That's it. I hope someone got fired for that blunder. Yeah. Everything can change around in The Simpsons. It is sort of Dark City-esque, but like, mm. if something's been established, let's say, three times, yeah. do not fuck with that. Yeah. 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 Mo Moe's and King Toots can move around, but they're always next to each other. Yeah. Yeah, that's sacred. Uh, other bits of wackiness, just the whole Millhouse allergic reaction, he starts breathing through his eyes, I was like... Uh, uh, I feel sick. And I feel like they stacking the Millhouse jokes with him, like vomiting the mac and cheese out of yeah. his nose as yeah. well. Yeah. Like, the allergy, the mac and cheese, the nose thing, the eye thing, swallowing the roller coaster parts. Mm. I, I don't know, man. It's it's pick one and go with it. And is he allergic to roller coaster parts? I'm confused. So many Millhouse traits. Uh, a bit of wackiness I will say I did like was Brockman coming to the school to do an interview and he's like, I thought this was going to be a puff piece. You're wearing a sweater. He's like, no. Scares <laughs> off the sweater. <laughs> <laughs> that I yeah. I'll, I'll give a bit of a joke too. Just on the Brockman piece though, and, I, and you pointed it out when we were watching the episode. Yep. They set up cameras in Skinner's house just yeah. for this piece. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, this was a bit that bugged me because that entire part is just silence. There's no background sound. There's no reaction noises. And it happens a lot in the HD Simpsons where there's just this weird lack of ambient track. And it's just hollow. It feels yeah. weird. The sound design's definitely degraded. Mm. I mean, also, case in point, like, I'm sure you guys saw that... Uh, really egregiously bad Trump song they did went viral. Yeah. Um, yeah. And similarly in this one, in the new era Simpsons, like when they do the YOLO song, 
the lyrics are there used to be like this lyrical complexity and yeah to simpson yeah. songs mm-hmm. that would warrant releasing an album like <laughs> that's songs it like Keith Springfield. I, I had the al- we would, all had the album <laughs> yeah but you would not want to rehear the yolo song <laughs> no. and i feel like i don't know if it's when they parted ways with alf clausen or what or if the process has changed but yeah the songs are just i mean jesus like the 101 Dalmatian song. Oh, yeah. Timeless. The, name, the proper name. Yeah. Um, How the Mighty Have Fallen, when you get to the point of the YOLO song, where the lyrics are just like, you work every day at a job so lame, and every night you sleep the same. And it's like, damn, oh, basic man. shit. Yeah, it was so first drafty. Yes. It was so first drafty, and it kept going. Like, I laughed that they were doing, I thought the title gag, like, pulling in You Only Live Twice, that made me chuckle, but it didn't need three hours. Of, I mean, it didn't need a whole song, and it didn't need him doing the crying to the music at the end. Mm. And and then he did that three times to get the extra high part in there. Just to and... make sure you got it. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And it's not even their first Bond parody song, which is weird. They even have precedent <laughs> for this from You Only Move Twice, where they have Hank Scorpio's song, which is yes. amazing. Yeah. Yes. Incredible song. Oh, and don't forget the Max Power theme. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also, we've actually noticed this as well in uh, recent episodes of The Simpsons when they do these parodies of like more slower, like even ballady songs that when the lyrics are coming at you this slow, the jokes have got to be that much funnier. Mm. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you mentioned the 101 Dalmatians, the See My Vest thing, like that is so fucking fast and quick that you don't have time to absorb the jokes. Like, yeah. Oh, man, I sit here with these slow ballad songs and you see the rhyme coming from three months behind, you know? Yeah. And you're just sitting there and it's, he says, it's make my day. And you're like, I bet he says pay next. Oh, what I'm going to say. And, oh, wow, what a curveball. <laughs> Fuck, he's rhyming cat with Matt. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that saved this scene for me was that he was binging out in the kitchen and he'd clearly hooked into a can of tennis balls. <laughs> I did enjoy the visual of that. I was unexpected. So on the opposite of the wacky, we like to talk about the heart. You know, a lot of great Simpsons episodes really brought the emotional core. Did this one deliver? No. Yeah, no. I defer to Danny. Uh, yeah. It just gave us music that did effectively make me realize I'm supposed to have emotions right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. well-drawn doodles of, like, the Gaudi Museum in Spain. And you're like... Why is this Simpsons, though? Why are yeah, we here? it's gorgeous, What's but why? Why is it happening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For a show that's ended, like, under the sea, in the future, in the past, and in space, mm-hmm. this is one of the few endings where I actually had an issue with the location. Again, not to shit on Spain. But it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't supported. Like, remember when yeah. the Simpsons are going to Japan? <laughs> it's going to be a huge deal. At the yep. end, they're like, will you drive me to the airport? No, lush footage of Spain. He went all the way to Spain. And I was like, one of the main problems for Late Stage Simpsons for me is I do think it was key to the family that they were poor. What yeah, happened yeah, to them absolutely. being lower middle class? How <laughs> yeah. is he in Spain? What's going on? Yeah, With no warning either, just drops everything. Yeah. God. Yeah. Now why is he in Spain, you know? Yeah. For one, like, two-second shot at mm-hmm. the end of this. Why? Yes. How does it make you feel? Oh. I feel nothing. 
Well, that's it. I guess the animators get to have fun in this era of The Simpsons because, I mean, objectively, you know, the gliding scene looks pretty. And Are you positing that it's just self-indulgent? That they make it for them to make, not for us to watch? I'm going to guess between this and, like, the squirrel gliding bit that, like, maybe it was just the background animator's birthday. <laughs> and they were like, here's some fun things for you to animate, Greg. You'll love it. Like, thanks, guys. That, that means the world. I would not be shocked. <laughs> if shortly before this was pitched in the room, mm. one of the producers just got back from Spain. <laughs> yeah, like, it's clearly. beautiful, you guys. Yeah, you yeah. Have to see it. Yeah. He's been body paragliding. <laughs> and exactly. Yeah. And yeah, look, the only bit of heart that I can pull from this episode at all is, yeah, Lisa and Bart's little dynamic at the end. But yeah, I feel like Lisa just went crazy all of a sudden. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. yeah. It didn't really make sense. Theoretically, within the span of time, it's taken home in a fallout of an airplane. So <laughs> suddenly she's pulling out her hair and she hasn't slept in weeks. And yeah. Like she's doing what, like a Joker thing where she's like, to prove he's 10 minutes max. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, my problem with the heart here is it should be relatable because I think no matter what you do in life, there's going to be that itching problem in the back of your head. Was this, you know, significant oh, enough? Should I have done the something The fundamental else? premise of the episode is such a heartfelt thing. And yet I felt Homer nothing with crippling self doubt and depression. Yeah. And he's even got those moments of, well, my treasure is my wife and kids. Like, so you've already got the resolution. Sort of right there. Yeah, but but what I haven't done is ride a fire truck. Except he has. (laughs) (laughs) There's almost nothing you can say. (laughs) I think they do this message a lot better, ironically, with Bart who has no reason to be thinking these thoughts because he's goddamn 10 years old. Yeah. In the episode, Bart does a really fun thing for the last time ever where they go on the cruise. Yep, yep. And it was like the cohesive message that this episode needed and they just got away from him. But that's why I still watch the new era, because they'll do the thing where, ah, we screwed up a Spider-Man movie, we'll just do it again. (laughs) And uh, sometimes the second try is worth watching. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a good episode that you mentioned as well, the one where they go to Antarctica. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, only right at the end, but still. Yeah, (laughs) but still. (laughs) So ultimately, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Were the characters behaving like themselves? Joe Integrity, huh? Yeah. Again, I think character-wise, yes, but plot-wise, no. Mm. Like, they were reacting to these kind of plot points that they would, but in just really pale, shallow ways. I've got a hot take. No, hot I've, take. Got, I've got an objection with Skinner in this one. Yeah, no, I he do He was too. really, the sort of nervous weaseling on the podium, him fainting. I'm not sure if it was a fake faint or a real faint, but then he was lying there, passed out, and they, like, steal his watch, and they throw the bucket of water over him, and he still doesn't come to. Yep. And then him, at the end, being like, ha I saved the day. I'm a hero. No, 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 his line is, I won this the same way I won that battle in Vietnam by fainting. It's like, no, no we have no seen way. Skinner in Vietnam. He knows what he's, he's fucking hero. doing. He's a hero. He was in a prisoner war camp. He, like, kicked that Disney lawyer's like, ass. Compare this, yeah, compare this to the guy who's like, no, gentlemen, you made a mistake. You got an ex-Green Beret mad. Yeah. This guy was like the Skinner prime. <laughs> it was gorgeous. And this was just this pale, wussy-ass fuck. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. it was the duality of, like, his two bits were... Being that guy who yeah. then goes, yes, mother, yes, mother. Yeah. And it seems like the new crop of writers really like the yes, mother bit and forgot the other thing as a recurring bit. Like they yeah. just set that bit down and mm. everyone forgot about it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> they forget the joke is that he's this hard ass, you know, authoritarian who is then undermined by his own mother the and, you know, Superintendent Chalmers. And yeah, yeah, without the contrast, he's just a whipping boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I also I had problems with the characters across the board. Mm. Like I said, the main one for me that felt weird was just 
I understand the impulse that when we're going to focus on Bart and Milhouse or Bart and Lisa or any combination of the kids to write sitcom scenes that might be in like parenthood where Marge and Homer are acting as the parent foils. Mm -hmm. But I just, it felt weird to me because I can't remember them ever being that ever for the first 10 years. So it was weird to me for them to just be like, like Homer was a harried, tired parent who wants the kid to go home. (laughs) That was really weird to me. And then, and then Homer sort of clicked and got on board. I thought Millhouse was fine. I think the Skinner stuff is spot on. And then the main reason I feel like it doesn't feel like a Simpson episode is that ending. Like that last yeah. five minutes yeah. tries to cram in an extra heart payoff and takes us across the globe <laughs> and just felt really unearned and weird. That was the weirdest thing for me. Definitely. I'm realizing I hate this episode. That happens in discussion. Yeah. You realize, wait a minute, yeah. I hate this. It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the experience of a, you know, you're always wanting to hope for the best, and then when you, okay, let's put our thoughts together. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Button yeah. of a critic. Like, because in the ending as well, where it was just that quick write-off of, yeah, Homer's traumatic injury and... Dr. Hibbert going, oh, if I gave you any morphine, you'd constantly break out into spontaneous laughter. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, I didn't like that. I feel like at this point, the reason Dr. Hibbert laughs inappropriately may be the most explained origin thing in the Simpsons universe. There's like nine reasons. Yeah, absolutely. I'm also sad they stopped. It feels like they gave up on the idea of every title being a pun. Yeah. How do you not call this yellow? <laughs> like I don't. That means that you decided not to do puns anymore, and mm-hmm. that makes me sad because it's right there. <laughs> mm. But yes or no? Would you watch this episode again? Uh, yeah, I will later tonight, bro. <laughs> <laughs> BT. Ah, uh, nah. I don't think I think I can mine anything else out of this. I think I would, <laughs> but like hate watch it. You know, mm-hmm. I'd like swear at it and spit at it while I. <laughs> I, I nearly said masturbate furiously, but that's not what I'm here to do. <laughs> Call me afterwards. <laughs> hey, calling you the first time was hard enough, man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not gonna, not going back. Die, no, not doing this again. <laughs> so, Michael, what would you do to change this episode if you were to do a rewrite on this one? I think it's all about editing the A and B plots down to pick one each yeah and yeah have them interrelate thematically and you're not allowed to keep the rest so if it's like homer's having a midlife crisis and lisa does the honor system thing then barton millhouse can't have a fight yeah not yeah. because simpsons can't cram a lot of shit in but we've established if barton millhouse have a fight that actually matters. We'll yeah. take a lot of an episode for that. So you don't just lightly, and I feel the same way about the travel, you don't lightly send the Simpsons to the Simpsons <laughs> go to blank. Yeah, That's like an event on this show. Yeah. So those that would be my main thing. How about you, BT? Man, I just I would like to see something with that Millhouse plot of always, you know, Bart going first. I feel like they've done that before, but hey, why not? We've done all of this before. Man, that bit, whole bit with Homer, give that some heart, because that is a relatable thing. I think no matter what, the grass is always greener. There's a question of could you have done something else or something more. So just have some lines where that gets drawn out. Make Marge less weirdly flippant in this one. She even has a line of, oh, I thought when I invited this man around, you wouldn't drop everything and run away with him. So yeah. what were you thinking That's was going to happen? literally what she wanted him to do. Yeah. yeah, and then just immediately drops that as an idea. So what? Ah, she was just weird and yeah. off-putting on yeah. this one. 
And man, if you're going to have this honor code system, A, have it make sense. Yep. And B, maybe you can even tie that into, you know, Millhouse's thing where maybe he's the one who can supply answers to everyone. And so that does start making him more of a Ooh. priority to everyone else. Uh, he becomes a snitch. and That's such an improvement right yeah. away. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's the thing. Good Some job. Sometimes, <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah, it's, it's something we find in these episodes. It just takes a room full of people talking about it, and you can get a better episode in minutes. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Danny? What would you like to change? Um, I was really moved by Swaim saying that your A and B plots got to connect mm -hmm. thematically. It makes more sense. Like, I don't like the honor code thing because it doesn't really mean anything to me. I like the Millhouse and Bart one more because there could be like a tangent into the Homer thing, you know? You don't need Homer to meet a Spaniard from the past. Mm -hmm. Have him meet up with like Lenny or Barney or a friend well, that he's been losing touch with. He just finds a book of his, you know, childhood dreams that he illustrated. We don't need this extra sure. character. And then like Barton Millhouse's falling out is like reminiscent of his falling out with Barney or Lenny or something and they he has to save your friendship to save my friendship yeah, and feel we remember fulfilled. when we were kids and we had all these big dreams let's make some of those happen for yeah. real man or maybe he starts hanging out with Kirk. Oh, why didn't I bring Kirk back? Like, he sees Kirk running around his bends and everything. He's like, yeah, i got to hang out with this cool weirdo. Yeah. And then for a title pun, we could have Crisis on Infinite Kirks. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> I know, it's not bad. It's not yes. great, but yeah. it's not bad. And yeah, look, the, the big thing I wanted to see is, yeah, the Lisa story expanded because they only sort of said that it was working, but we didn't really see, like children dobbing in on each other, mm. this whole thing of kids being suspicious of each other and getting all yeah. paranoid and shit and Lisa becoming yeah. like an authoritarian. Could go a full 1984 thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, with Lisa as the 1984. I haven't read that book yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming the main character is called 1984. You oh. just keep dreaming, buddy. <laughs> and instead they fill that time with what I now call like family guy influence. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it may, it breaks my heart now to hear Elliot talking about like, yeah, you could have scenes that show don't tell about the honor system, which would also be very funny, but instead you just devote a long time for TV, for Simpsons, to groundskeeper Willie yeah. shifting his eyes back and forth. Oh man, that was a like, long we scene. It, we get it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that said, I kind of liked him with a pumpkin. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was just a weird kind of reward, and his, his, his enthusiasm behind it kind of sure. got me a little bit. Fair like enough. Marge loves potatoes; yeah. she just thinks they're neat. Yeah. <laughs> she just thinks they're neat. I, I um because we skipped over it. I just wanted to mention that I I wasn't really comfortable with the flight instructor being filmed while he was dying on a chapel. That oh, felt yeah. odd to me. Like, oh, yeah. why are you filming this, and why would you then publish it? And is it like a don't do what Donnie don't does story? I it, had that exact thought. And I don't know. It doesn't didn't feel right somehow. <laughs> and guest stars of the episode. We just had one John Lovitz returning as Llewellyn Sinclair. That's true. With the best line in the episode, I would say. Oh, you reckon? We have the best cobbler since Daniel Day-Lewis. That's the yeah. only like Sterling Simpsons line, I think, oh, in this yeah. episode. Okay, yeah, I'll pay that. Because <laughs> I just sort of saw him and maybe immediately blanked because I'm like, ugh, we're giving John Lovitz another paycheck without a good reason again. Yeah, <laughs> Critic was good. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. BT, do you have any other notes? I kind of like the line of, you only live once, psh, once again, cats have it better. Yeah. That was all right. And just my other note is just, what's the plot? <laughs> great note, great note. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm out. Did you have any other notes? I wanted to say I liked Ken Brockman's little pop-up of Skinner being called Cheater Cheater Booger Eater. Oh, yeah. Um, I, 
Did you guys notice as well, like, I don't think we've had a scene with Kent Brockman next to Skinner. I never noticed how similar they sound. Ooh. I wrote that down. Yeah, Harry Shearer against Harry Shearer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's always a problem because I realized, oh, yes, every Harry Shearer voice is not... It's like John DiMaggio. Mm -hmm. He tries hard and he turns in great acting. Yeah. But you can always tell it's him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's he's like a character actor. You hire him to be DiMaggio. Yeah. 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 Thank God Adventure Time and Futurama didn't do a crossover with disenchantment (laughs) (laughs) give it time how about you michael any other notes from this episode oh no i'm all out yolo so i just (laughs) hard you know all right well i've just got a few final notes now it's time and now it's time for his final notes elliot's final notes notes. (laughs) (laughs) i found the design of eduardo a little weird how his eyebrows were like immediately stuck to his eyes yeah thank you But it wasn't as weird as the design of the melancholy. Yeah, that was a forced joke, man. Mm. Oh. Yeah. And it was also almost setting up another plot point of now Marge feeling sad about. Yeah, and they went nowhere with that. Who gives a shit about Marge's feelings? Yeah. I I, I do. I do. (laughs) (laughs) To Marge. To Marge. (laughs) And my final note was the Star Trek reference to that Kirk Gorn fight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. What do we got? think about this one? I mean, Homer's such a huge Star Trek fan. Clearly, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I get it. His bucket list felt like it could have been brainstormed significantly longer. Yeah. The entries could have been way more unique. That was weirdly disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I felt like the writers watched the clip of that fight on YouTube and it's like, okay, we can get this through via comic book guy or something. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with Homer. He should be like riding the Duff Blimp, stripping naked at a football game. But Homer, you did that last season in the third. <laughs> <laughs> Your boyhood dream was to blah, 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 and you did it blah, 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 blah. For real. <laughs> All right, it is time to rank this thing. On the Simpsons Index, we rank using our six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at Failure. failure. But maybe if the episode was just, you give it participant. But for the positive rankings, you got OK Bronze, Good Silver, Excellent Gold, but for the best, of the very best, the episodes which The Simpsons could not exist without, you give Cubic Zirconia. I'm going to go first. Let me show you how it's done. Uh, yeah. Mm, what do you search do? your feelings. <laughs> well, it's either going to be participant or failure. It's not getting in the positive rankings. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go participant. I think this episode just bored me more than anything. Mm-hmm. It didn't quite get me super angry. Even in this discussion, you know, I was yeah. getting a little bit fired up, but, <laughs> um, you know, I'm not ready to hurt things. <laughs> BT, what do you reckon? Yeah, this one doesn't have enough substance to hurt me. It's wow. just, I'm going to forget it. So I'm going to participant. It's just <laughs> the worst crime is it's lazy, but it's not so lazy that I get angry about it. So just participant. Let it, let it be. Danny? I'm actually going to get a failure. I was, you know what? I'm going to quote myself. <laughs> um, a wise man once said. <laughs> uh, no, there was a part like where we were talking about how the essence of this episode is a heart episode, you know, mm-hmm. talking about his depression and his midlife crisis. Yep. And the Bart mm, Millhouse falling out thing, eh, and the honor code thing, eh, but like it felt like it didn't achieve what it was going for, you know? It's yep. going to try, it was trying to do something, make a poignant statement about humanity. It set its own goals and then failed and to it get failed. them. failed, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I don't like episodes where they have 35 things happen in the one episode, but none of them really happened. It felt like you'd, you'd get distracted, like you'd, the writers start something and then go, ah, oh, fuck, I yeah, can't it, be arsed. It Let's felt just... like everything had its first and second act, and yeah. that's it. Yeah. 
And Michael, what would you like to rank this thing? I gotta go bronze. I'll tell you why. Wow. Hit it me. Is in no way a compliment. That's not an objective opinion <laughs> on the quality of this episode. It's that I've watched all of them so many times that there is a very clear feeling of Simpsons disappointment mm-hmm. that fills me with rage. Oh, yeah. And yeah. This one, I think BT said it best. It doesn't impact me because it asks me to invest so little the whole time that it can't hurt me. So I'll give it bronze because I want to reserve participant and failure for ones where I'm like, God damn this episode. It pisses on everything I care about. Mm. Oh, wow. You you are a kinder man than us. (laughs) (laughs) Well, averaging out, that'll be a participant by split decision. Mm. This will be the fifth participant from season 25 that we've reviewed so far including yellow subterfuge where bart and agnes make skinner think that Uh, skinner killed his mother what yep (laughs) digs where bart gets into falconry with a daniel radcliffe character that one's fucking weird (laughs) uh the yellow badge uh, the yellow badge of cowage um Mm. which yeah i think that's where awkward title is that the foot race where bart fails to help Millhouse not get beaten up, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Wow. Thanks, because I, yeah, I had t- trouble remembering that one. Mm-hmm. And also, Brick Like Me, the Lego episode. Oh, sure. It looked okay. pretty, but the story was just meh. It's weird. I'll skip that one every time, I think, because wow. because it's become so comforting to me. I'm like, uh, I appreciate what you're doing, but it should look like The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. So I can sleep. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and before we move on, we must ask, is that reputation justified? Is that reputation justified? (laughs) I love my theme songs. (laughs) This is where we look at what other reviewers had to say about this episode, and Dennis Perkins of the AV Club. Dennis the Wildcard Perkins. He gave it a B. I'm telling you, Dennis Perkins is no longer the wild card. Everything is a B or a B minus. Like <laughs> scale from B to B. Yeah, so on the AV Club scale, this is like roughly their silverish bronze territory. Mm. He said, unassuming but pleasant. That <laughs> agreeable straightforwardness is most welcome even if Homer's story isn't particularly hilarious. <laughs> so, agreeable straightforwardness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when did the bar for comedy that you're going to watch at prime time with your precious life that yep. hundreds of people are going to work on is like, I don't know. I didn't fly into a rage when I watched it. B. B. Seriously. We deserve better than that. (laughs) Absolutely. It's a low bar. All right. Well, that's it for the HD era. And now we're going to the teens era where we are reviewing They Saved Lisa's Brain. Now, Michael, you picked this one, but I'm going to turn to these guys and ask just from title alone. Do you know what one this one is? So this is going to be the one where they obviously remove Lisa's brain and put it into a Futurama like that (laughs) to preserve it for all time. And then it becomes like, you know, that floating head out of Power Rangers. (laughs) Prove me wrong, kids. Yeah, yeah, Lisa turns into Zordon. Saved Lisa's brain. Aye, aye, aye. I want to find out more about who they are. Yeah. (laughs) It's the ominous they. Definitely. All right, guys, we're going to watch this one and we'll be back. Sweet. And we are back, and we just watched our Teens Era episode. This was Season 10, Episode 22, They Saved Lisa's Brain. First released in May of 1999, it was directed by Pete Michaels, written by Matt Selman. 
in this episode. Lisa's disappointed at the level of stupidity and riotiness in the town, so she writes a opinion piece in the paper which no one except the Springfield chapter of Mensa reads, and she gets accepted into Mensa. Hey, y'all, what do we think? Garbage. Garbage. It was garbage. I disagree. I disagree wholly. Oh. It was a reasonably fun ride. Maybe not spectacular, but its mediums were certainly medium. Mm. <laughs> It's medium to work. I think it uh, starts very mediocre mm-hmm. and then kicks ass towards the finish line. I really enjoy the last few sequences quite yeah. a bit. Yeah, for me, this is one that rises up as it goes. Because, yeah, the beginning, I've, I've seen this one so many times, it's just background. So the beginning, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a pretty weak opening. Yeah. But I feel like it gets better. All right. Well, let's hook into the questionnaire because I'm excited by the level of discourse we're about to have. <laughs> so, Danny. Yes. Discourse being your middle name. <laughs> we must ask you the first question. What's a moment that stands out to you for better or worse? Oh, God. Probably, I think the food fight came out of left field a bit there. I think that whole intro premise of the person who does the most disgusting thing live on camera mm-hmm. gets flown to Hawaii. And as a premise, that, that was bizarre. It seems bizarre. I'm not American, of course. That seems like it's probably a normal <laughs> thing in America. Wow. Um, racist much? Hey! Um, um, bizarre stunts to win shit are intentionally bizarre. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's a thing here, that's definitely. 90% of television now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, haven't you watched Australia's Got Bizarre Talent? And then, like, Bart goes, hey, I'm going to swallow anything. And then he just holds up a funnel and says, just throw anything at me. And he just starts swallowing. He just chugs pennies and whatever the fuck they throw at him. Yeah, what is do- going on? Yeah, he's doing an impression of Shoe Nice. You guys don't know Shoe Nice? I have no idea. Oh, yeah, I did a whole Does Not Compute about Shoe Nice. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's something, man. The pure dedication and yet the dead, dead eyes yeah. as he eats an entire like bottle of shampoo oh, and then downs Chirac by the handle. It's ridiculous. Yeah, as an Australian, he once ate an entire jar of Vegemite, which made oh. me proud and sick. <laughs> yeah. So there is precedent. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he's the evolved version of that kid who would just eat anything as long as you would be their friend. Yeah. Damn it, eat this worm. Uh, sure. No. Well, I've done it. <laughs> you know, that guy. Uh, how about you, BT? What stands out to you from this episode, for better or worse? We have 13 stores that begin with less sex. <laughs> um, sorry, that was just one of my favorite lines. I don't, I'm actually trying to figure out what really stands out to me here. I think it's what started off as a really good joke, but I don't really like the end of it, of when they're talking about how they've improved the town, you know, yeah. uh, jury duty getting punched up with comic book references. Mm-hmm. That's great. We noticed people only drive faster through yellow lights. Now we only have the red and yellow lights. I fucking love this. Yeah, I really love that one. But then I hated the last <laughs> bit of just, and uh, now we have classical music at the dog track. Like, oh, you had such good one too. Yeah. And then the three just mm, was your weakest one. Yeah. So I think it's a great moment of them improving things, which we then lead to them thinking they know better and just ruining everything. The arrogance. Yes, the yeah. hubris. The hubris. <laughs> How about you, Michael? What stands out to you from this episode for better or worse? Uh, well, I'll answer that with a question. <laughs> Do you guys, are you Mr. Show with Bob and David fans? Have you seen that? I am. Bits of, yeah. Okay, well, in the pilot episode, there's a sketch about a lie detector. About mm-hmm. derailing a train with his penis and slowly eating it piece by piece. <laughs> Do you remember that? Wow. That's a roundabout way of saying that's one of my favorite sketches of all time. And this segment in this episode very much reminded me of it in a good mm-hmm. way. Yeah. It also reminded me of Mo saying, I don't deserve this shabby treatment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, 
there's a particular segment where it it heats up to what I think Simpsons does best for my money, where you get to a point where there's enough buildup that you can have a long sequence where every line is a punchline. Boom, boom, boom. Mm, so mm. for me, this episode's redeemed by this scene. Maybe Danny will agree. I don't know. He's my audience. <laughs> I'm trying to sway him. Um, they're sitting around brainstorming as men. So how to change the town. We could build a theater for shadow puppets, Balinese or Thai. Why not both? Then oh, everyone's yeah, happy. Oh, yeah. Everyone's real happy then. Do I detect a note of sarcasm? Are you kidding me? This thing's off the charts. Professor Frank has a sarcasm detector. Comic book guy says, oh, a sarcasm detector. Yeah, that's a real useful invention. It explodes. So, so. Good, and oh, you that's were a good so run. disappointed at it when we were that watching it. That is a it. good run, Dan. It was a great run. I feel that you didn't need the sarcasm detector, oh, yeah, and then another did. swing at it, and then suddenly the sarcasm blows up. I, I mean, I, oh, come on, man, it's it's done. It's it's done. Although I got to say, Swaim saying I'm trying to sway him. That was a great pun. That was gold. Yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah, I'll take credit for that. Incidentally, and what stands out to me from this episode? Yeah, I may as well jump to the guest star of this episode, Stephen Hawking. Uh-huh. I really enjoyed this performance and this sort of kicked off yeah Stephen uh, do- Dr. Hawking sorry mm-hmm. uh, doing a run you and Steve yeah. first name terms <laughs> old Steve-o <laughs> or Hawko they both work yeah uh, him doing a run of cameos on shows and yep. cartoons especially yeah he had a couple on Futurama as mm-hmm. well because mm. yeah I remember you mentioned didn't he shoot lasers out of his eyes yeah I was pretty sure he shot lasers out of his eyes <laughs> uh, it's Futurama in that one is this even his that. first Simpsons appearance yeah this was his first simpsons oh cool i'm glad i stumbled upon that because i know it's not his last mm, there's the one no. with ray romano yeah where he explains and- that uh like a bend in space time is why they couldn't ah it's terrible <laughs> yeah 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 but this one was great i uh, thought he did a really good job on it and you know reading up on some facts about this episode apparently um <laughs> i was really impressed with his acting <laughs> Well, the ability for him to, you know, come in and be able to have a joke at himself and, like, read, oh, yeah. read the script yeah. and it's like, okay, we're basically going to turn you into Inspector Gadget yeah. for this episode. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, but the writers do deserve credit. It's, there was a sketch, actually, there was a sketch we worked on at Cracked. Dan O'Brien and I were co-writing a thing for weezer the band weezer to do as promotion for like the red album and we wrote a thing where they'd actually have to show up and act on set and funny or die who was also in the bidding wrote a thing where they could just film themselves on their phones and send it in so they got the bid but dan's whole angle on it and it was his premise which was that rivers cuomo was the highlander for some reason (laughs) but the point is he realized rivers is like a hawking only going to give you one performance (laughs) and the trick is to just go nuts with shit that you can't believe they would say like in this i love that hawking says time for this hog to fly yes (laughs) yeah that was great because it's dr stephen hawking for gosh sake (laughs) yeah and dan was daniel was gonna have rivers say i gotta fly turkeys and disappear in a cloud of smoke (laughs) and that feels like kismet or something yeah Yeah. that's wonderful Yeah, like, credit to the writers as well. Like, writing Hawking such classic lines as, your utopia is more like a fruitopia. (laughs) And apparently this was actually a really hard word for Stephen Hawking to program into his voice box. Like, they had to do a workaround for him to actually pronounce fruitopia properly. Fruitopia. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I I thought it was really good. And, of course, yeah, there is the big thing where he's talking with Homer in the 
bar later and mm-hmm. theory about the donut shaped universe and apparently this has some grounding in scientific theory the uh, whole torian <laughs> shape. toroidal shape toroidal yeah, yeah sure um <laughs> lots of thing about science theory you can theorize anything yeah right donuts are just one of the many wacky shapes the universe could be yeah prove it's not y'all yeah i had the same thought because i'd heard i'd made that connection before and i googled right before we recorded <laughs> and all i found was that in 1984 one scientist posited as a thought experiment a universal shape made of like eight toruses intersecting in a particular way. So no matter how you slice it, it's not like a donut, which is what they say. But I do think the Trump presidency thing is pretty Simpsons predicted Trump presidency. Yeah, if that yeah. hasn't scanned. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we know. We know. <laughs> it's funny because they had a recent episode where they do like a future jump and they were like, must tell President Kid Rock. And it's like, no, don't fucking do that <laughs> no again. <more> predictions. <laughs> it's a dangerous game, my friend. Play count. How many times before tonight have you seen this episode? Oh, boy. I'm going to say eight. Yeah. My gut says eight. Uh, I don't know, something matching my IQ of 90. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seen it maybe twice in the distant past. Yeah, I've seen this a bunch. I couldn't put a number on it. Like, I really love season 10. Like, Even though we call this the teens era, I still s- consider a lot of these episodes really classic. Yeah, some of them. Uh, so how about the wackiness of this episode? Was this particularly wacky? Yes. I yes, mean, it, it starts with a wacky contest. So. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Hawking... Has a boxing glove a boxing shoot out glove. of his <laughs> wheelchair on a spring. Oh, it's pretty wacky. I just love the whole, you know, go-go gadget helicopter and yep. no, not gadget yep. toothbrush, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, man, we've got Lovejoy's book-burning mobile. Yeah. yeah. Which is presently on fire. Wow. we got Bart riding the pig through the background and then later on the, the pig, pig riding, riding Bart. <laughs> yeah, of course. That was pretty great. That was yeah. my favorite part of the episode, the pig riding Bart. <laughs> I'll just hit the sting after. We can improve ourselves, uh, most of us. Yeah. I think my favorite absurdist thing that is super wacky is the audience chanting, Governance, <laughs> governance, <laughs> governance. I think it just shows, yeah, how easily Springfield can be whipped into a mob over mm, virtually anything. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Even governance. <laughs> that was a nice punctuation there. Dramatic, dramatic stick there. Didn't mean it. <laughs> uh, also, Al. <laughs> oh, that's off screen. Yeah, he just punched a music stand. Yeah. Got a oh, good okay. sound out I was of trying it, to keep up. <laughs> Mick Quimby escaping on that a horse. Say, that was my favorite bit. Parachuting of the horse out of the, the plane. Well, uh, the ho- you, you, first, they come in and shred all the documents. Then they shred the shredder. <laughs> then he rides the horse into the Hercules airplane, which takes off and parachutes the horse out. So the horse is no longer complicit in this escape. Wonderful uh, scene once i gotta say yeah that was spectacular <laughs> but nonsense i mean it, it is nonsense it's, it's nonsense right yeah they walked in to file a complaint about pagodas because skinner the wuss was too wussy to stand up to the thing mm-hmm. and the cop walks up and he's like oh no you know what you guys are all she males did he say she males that was yeah awkward. that wasn't great yeah that was dated yeah but excuse me sir they're gazebos yeah <laughs> I was about to get that straight <laughs> the less said about gazebo eight the better <laughs> <sighs> what is the difference between a gazebo and a pagoda oh. we'll talk about it in the break man and then there's pergola <laughs> as well i think that's somewhere between heaven and hell or somewhere between gazebo and pagoda <laughs> then what's a hut 
Oh my gosh, you're just... Uh, that one's made out of goat skins mm. held aloft with like, toothpicks. If you want to open Pandora's hut, we'll do it later. <laughs> but right now... <laughs> Isn't that that character from Star Wars? Um, <laughs> but yeah, talking about Wacky as well, like that initial commercial for the How Low Will You Go? <laughs> yes. They visually yes, tell this by the limbo and the army guys walking under the barbed wire. And, and then he pushes her in front of a train. Yep. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> it's okay, you see her happily on a cast in a beach in Hawaii in oh the next show. Oh my God. <laughs> Apparently it was Hartford, Connecticut. No one said Hawaii. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brought you that pudding that's uh, fat-free but has hyper sugar, which provides 300% of your sweetness requirements. Mm, mm, mm. The low-fat pudding that's yep. approved for sale by the government. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to just American flag and a guy saluting. Yeah. I yeah. like that. Uncle <laughs> Sam wiping his pudding on it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, technically a violation of the flag code, but uh, all right, whatever, Uncle Sam. Not when Uncle Sam does yeah. it. <laughs> so how about uh, some more wacky bits from the actual uh, uh-huh. contest as well? Like, I thought Homer's little popcorn outfit was really clever. Hot butter, check it and see. Um, I didn't love it. It was okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't feel like he was doing a disgusting bit. It felt like he was doing an America's Got Talent thing. Well, one mm. bit I liked that I know you didn't from reaction alone was, what, it's me, Mo, in a sailor suit. Mo, <laughs> Wally, it's so out of character. I'm sorry, I like that bit. I definitely uh, had that thought. I remember very vividly the first time I saw the episode having the thought, that's not gross, it's more painful. Yeah. yeah. But I do appreciate that they didn't just make Homer do some wild shit, mm. like over the top. Just because of the episode we just covered, it felt like they mm. at least had the restraint to be like, well, it's not Homer's A plot, so let's not mm. really mm. have him do the main thing. Yeah. That's fair. Look, that's fair. And Mo in a sailor suit with mm. a lollipop looks great. I think that's <laughs> not even the first time I've seen him in a sailor suit with a lollipop. But it's so out of character. <laughs> I think that was what bugged me, mm. is that he was saying it, like the, the writers, saying to the audience, look, guys, we've taken our character and stuck him in a wacky and costume. That, Isn't that out of... That would have bothered me if the people loved it, but they all gave him zeros. Yeah. And he's like, but come on, <laughs> this is... Oh, I really want to know because they didn't actually show they the didn't act. They did score Bart. Bart didn't get a score. That upset me as well. Because he was the one that was actually doing something really upsettingly gross. And mm-hmm. Yeah. The one act that they didn't actually show, but they showed them, you know, off stage, with Lenny in a urinal costume mm-hmm. and Kirk mm-hmm. wearing a diaper. I really want to know, was this a double act? Uh, like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Nothing good, man. Nothing good. Yeah, that could have won it. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't want to see it. <laughs> oh man I think he already had that urinal costume you know <laughs> I reckon Kirk already had that diaper alright <laughs> moving on <laughs> probably more wackiness to talk about but how about the heart of this episode did we feel you know for Lisa and her story and all that I mean I love me a Lisa episode so I knew I would gravitate towards mm-hmm. one mm. and I do like that in light of YOLO which we covered recently the focus and the fact that Lisa really takes the lead and it's Elisa's story and it does that Simpsons thing where we scope down as I admitted at the top even this watch I was like did I pick a bad episode because (laughs) it takes a long time to get to anything I would consider top shelf so I understand if yeah there was a weird noise on your end what was that uh, Mysterious sure. door closure. Break and oh, enter? Okay. Do you want me to go check on a break and enter? No, nah, it's probably my door. I, ha- I think I have the window open. Oh, right. Well, as I was saying, I think it's whether it's how much goodwill you have for The Simpsons and how mm. quickly you can bounce back because yeah. Yeah. the first half of this doesn't inspire confidence. And then the second half, I think, is legitimately solid. But if you're already soured on it, it's sort of uh. hard to pull yourself out of it. 
And I do think the heart works because I ultimately think it's far from the best heart episode, Mm. but I think it works at least structurally in the sense of Lisa has a little journey. She tries something. It doesn't work out. She learns a clear lesson from that. We all go home happy and masturbate furiously or whatever we do. (laughs) So I just, maybe that is a low bar, but to me, I'm glad that in season 10, they're still accomplishing something that's clear, even if it's not super complex. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even just little bits, this is one with very kind of subtle moments of when she first meets Mensa and like, oh, I think you'll fit in well here. And she goes, wow, me fit in. And it's like, just that little (laughs) bit. That's sweet. It is. It's just a line. And I think instead of heart on this one, we have more of almost like a moral kind of thing where there's that bit of complexity and, you know, the the corruption by power. They start by doing good things to the town, but slowly it becomes things for themselves. Well, yeah, it's the whole, yeah, arrogance and hubris thing, and then... I think you mean humorous! (laughs) There's definitely a lot of that going on. Like, there's definitely this whole... I I mean, maybe it's just me being pedantic, but I really got a vibe of writers that aren't smart trying to write smart stuff for smart people. You know, yeah. Uh, look how mensa we are. <laughs> We're going to show how smart we are by having them do a do a fucking anagram, not an anagram, a, a parallelogram. Palindrome. Palindrome. <laughs> Even you compared to like the speed of sound joke from yeah. Yolo, yeah. you know, like I just maybe I'm coming in with a low bar because of what we just watched, but <laughs> I like stuff like. Uh, this man does not speak for the Council of Alphas. We hold you subomeguloids in the highest regard. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just in passing, yeah. Yeah. It's not the wittiest Simpsons ever got, but it's at least middling. Yeah. <laughs> and there was, there was a joke I wanted to check with the rest of you, because they refer to them as, when Brockman is uh, talking about them, refers to them as the break pack. Is that a reference anyone gets? I didn't. Uh, break pack. I think that's what they said. But that, it felt like it might have been a reference I didn't get, so I was I curious. Know. Brat pack. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google Brat quickly. Pack. Talk about yourself. <laughs> while I science. All right, later. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think where they did bring in the heart for me in this episode was the, you know, the mirroring riots at the start and the end. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's just always Lisa trying to escape this. And, you know, at least she did make a buddy in Stephen Hawking who could, you know. Did he, like, when he was flying on his jetpack-powered head propellers, God, I feel <laughs> stupid just saying it, <laughs> and then he shoots out, like, a Dr. Octopus tentacle, and it grabs Lisa by this dress, and it pulls her up into the air by the dress that she doesn't fall out of and it doesn't rip or anything. Um, That's science, man. Hawking had that all planned out. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Can't argue with science. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. But then, yeah, he only, like, takes her, like, ten feet away from the thing. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And suddenly the the rioters are just, like, background now. Who cares? They're gone. Yeah. Write them out. Exit stage left. Yeah, and they didn't do any kind of resonant heartbeat like they do at the end of some episodes. Yeah, yeah. It definitely ends on, like, Gerald Ford and Homer having nachos. (laughs) Like, I think Homer just says, like... We're wrapping up. Do you guys want to have beers? And Hawking's like, that's the best oh. thing I've heard all day. Oh, yeah. man. Marge says, who wants some beers? When has she ever said, who wants some beers? <laughs> Occasionally. She's like, all right, you're a little overstimulated. Let's get you straight home and get you some beer and get you into bed. That's yeah, it. but saying, hey, I Homer know, needs know. a beer is different from saying, yeah. yo, guys, let's hit the pub and do shots. Hey, man, <laughs> it's not but Marge. Even in the even in the classic, classic era, like in the Dangerfield episode, it ends with... Where's all this booze coming from? Who cares? It's a party. Um, yeah. I do think there's a Simpsons tradition of of episodes that end with the cop-out ending. Yeah. 
But it is hard for the heart to really come through when you make that choice, like when it's one of those. No, that's it. I found the bit. They actually, it's the line is actually Bright Pack, which is not a very smart reference. The Bright Pack, like so the Bright Pack. Of the brat yeah, like, pack. but that doesn't even fit. So I think that's a bad reference. So, uh, which was like what Feldman and Corey Haim, and that was the Brat Pack, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought yeah, it was Rob Robert Lowe. Downey Jr. and Rob Lowe and stuff. <laughs> oh, there, that's probably right. <laughs> <laughs> and there was the Frat Pack as well with um, Will Ferrell and mm-hmm. yeah. Chris Catan, <laughs> and <laughs> they reprise this bit a lot. They're going to run out of rhymes for packs. Pretty they soon. pretty much have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And of course, the Rat Pack with Sinatra and shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Scat Pack. That's the one I know. <laughs> Scat Pack? Yeah. The people that eat their own. Sh- you know what? Let's, <laughs> no, not, let's not get into it. <laughs> Ultimately, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Were the characters behaving like themselves? How's the integrity? All that. Lisa wants a better, more intellectual world. That's absolutely on point. And yeah. we haven't really touched on the yeah. B story at all, which is oh, uh, yeah. Homer's boudoir photography. <laughs> Yeah, I don't care about that. (laughs) The whole time I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't need that. That is like a filler B story as far as I'm concerned. It's filler, but I'll take it entirely for the final line of, but I was going to score. No, you weren't. Yeah, Yeah, that was great. You know what? To me, that was probably the more heartfelt of the arcs. Just like his timidness. Mm. Yeah, his timidness, his self-exposure. He's like trying to do something nice for, am I sexy? Am I a sex object? How can I like appeal to Marge? Mm -hmm. And puts himself out there. He puts his... (laughs) yeah puts it all on the line puts it all out there (laughs) sure does yeah it was a little bit fat shamey but i still liked you know some of the photographer's reaction of just like scooping up the vaseline with like a Mm. trowel Mm. yeah (laughs) was a bit fat shamey now that you say it it. i think it was one by too many you have the trowel bit and then some of the other ones you can skip you don't need a cringing every time yeah yeah They didn't have a follow-up to, like, Barton Milhouse peeking in at him. I really thought that was going to go somewhere, you know? Like, suddenly he's found his dad doing porn with a strange girl on a camera. (laughs) Surely there's a follow-up beat to that. (laughs) that. That felt like an arc. Yeah, that's true. True. Yeah. true. And that could have made a decent A-plot in another episode, although I'm glad they didn't try to crowd both in. Mm. Yeah. 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 But yeah, like now that it's mentioned, because yeah, totally forgot it's happened. Like, Mm -hmm. it really, yeah, has nothing to do with the Lisa plot at all, and doesn't really tie back into it. They were going down to the basement to redecorate, and then hard cut to them in the riot in the next scene, just like at the at the speech. Oh yeah, didn't exactly (laughs) wrap that shit up. Um, Let's assume this is meant to be a parallel. One's all about the mind, the other's all about the body in the A and B plots. D intellectualism. Ooh, loving it. <laughs> Starting to realize BT is the philosopher of the group. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the one most likely to go join Mensa. Uh, <laughs> bunch of nerds. <laughs> They're assholes too. <laughs> They're dicks. Yeah. I'm telling you, look yeah, into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like how Rick and Morty is good and the fan base mostly sucks. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Think about it this way. If you've reached your mid thirties. And you still think it's super cool to feel better than other people yeah. because Bam. of an IQ test? Yep. You're My a prick, God. probably. And so good, you want to hang out with other people who feel really good about their IQ if you, scores. If you believe that IQ is a valid indication of anything, mm. then you're not smart enough to be in Mensa. Yes, <laughs> queen. It's that old catch-22 of I wouldn't want to be a part of any club that would accept me as a member. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? Marks, I can't remember. Yep. Yeah. Marks Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, no, not yeah. Marks. <laughs> not, not not the commie. Not none of this pinko crap. <laughs> but yes or no? Would you watch this episode again? Oh, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Sure. And I was joking last episode. This time, I mean it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, 
I actually probably speak from the heart, man. Nah, bro. I I walked out of this angry and upset. You know, <laughs> I think I would rewatch it as a writing exercise. I would have a lot of fun critiquing sure. it. And well, I'll throw it to you first. After I say, I am. yes, I would watch it again. Um, so what would you like to change then? <laughs> so many things, but. I actually, just now that we said that, I got way more invested in Homer having to explain, like, good pornography to his son that I'm not trying to do. Nudity and sex isn't always something negative. I'm doing this as a loving gesture for my wife and, like, wholesomeness and birds and the beesiness and, like, Bart being all, like, freaked out because he's walked into something he doesn't understand. And that sounds like such a complex, interesting, hard, hard episode to me. Mm-hmm. I want to dive deep in that. Yeah. All right. How about you, BT? What would you like to change? There are certain segments I think you could easily cut to give a bit more weight to your third act. So only have, you know, the start up with the boudoir photographer once. We don't need to do that twice. Yep. Uh, yep. And also Lisa walking around and going, ah, oh, did you read the paper today, Dad? Did you read the paper today, yeah. Mr. Flanders? That accomplished nothing other than no one read it. But so what? She can just outright get the message from Mensa and that goes from there. And I think that would free up a bit more time for the back end of this episode where have a bit more slow corruption of going, because we do go from straight from doing good to the community to ruined by all <laughs> to everyone have beers now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. just a little bit more time for that third act to breathe uh, is what I want on this one. Well, yeah, because that's all I'd change is because, yeah, we just get a sudden corruption of power by, you know, them saying the things, you know, uh, with comic book guy getting all Star Trek Vulcan sex once every mm-hmm. seven years, yeah. which for me means much, much more. It's a very good Star Trek shoehorn of... I'm going to make you fuck less, <laughs> Willie in the audience. You yeah. cannot do it, son. You do not have the power. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. Oh, yeah. Did you it. not yeah. click with that, Ellie? Come on. No. <laughs> no. It, I mean, like, that was worth it for the line. Mm-hmm. But I think as, as, like, a moment in the plot, it was weak, you know? Oh, sure. Sorry, you've just blown my fucking mind. I yeah. Didn't get no, that it was a great time. line. <laughs> that was a great line. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, how about you, Michael? What would you like to change about this episode? I think I just... I'd completely delete the gross out contest and have that yeah. plot beat exist, but go back to the writing room and come up with a structure that yields better jokes than that did. <laughs> to me, that's the glaring weakness in the episode. And like, I like it there as far as a meandery first act, like tentpole. Mm. But I don't know. I just feel like the grandma Plopwell's got me going. Everything <laughs> afterwards, I enjoy very much. But the contest itself, I agree every single bit. Even the ones I enjoyed, I thought could be better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, we're here. BT, do you have any other notes? (laughs) Don't I always. This one starts with The Simpsons watching TV. We like to note when that happens because it seems like something most other shows will never do. You know, the idea of your characters watching something else is Mm. weird. But Simpsons do it a lot and it usually works really well. I will say there's this weird bit in the with chaos in the riot after the show, uh, the uh, the wackiness show. Oh, hold on! You guess you're gonna breeze past what they were actually watching on TV? Ethnic mixed comedy number six hundred thirty-one. Oh, shut up, Ian. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, we we have to talk about race a lot in The Simpsons. You know, mm-hmm. they definitely have a heavy hand with like ethnic stereotyping. Uh, but I feel like this was kind of a thing for a while. Like, think they've got the other reference where they're watching TV and it's um. Ah, it's the British one, which is uh, do shut up. Yeah. Mm. You know, Mm. things like that. Well, just that, like, hanging a lamp on it, like, pointing at yourself and saying it's ethnic doesn't necessarily give you a pass, you know? It's not an N-word pass. Mm. Um, I think... You know those don't exist, right? Like, you (laughs) you spend $200 that pass and it's worthless. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah, that guy was ripping you off, man. (laughs) (laughs) I get that. I think it's a very personal what comedy formula, because, I mean, let's be honest, I I think people who have thought about it deeply realize 
it's not an issue as black and white as you can't say something. Mm. It's yeah. that yeah. how something is said and who said it, when, why. Yeah. Uh, you can context. get away. There's a reason you can watch something that's nominally super, super offensive and not feel yeah. those daggers at all. And then when someone says something fairly simple, but the underlying thing is like, mm. wait, that's your worldview, though? That's really cruel and fucked up. Yeah. For me personally, and it's right on the edge, because ethnic mismatch comedy has a number after it, yeah. <laughs> for me, that makes it pass the bar and become satirical. Mm. And I also totally get what Danny's saying about lampshading because there's a lot of shows, Big Bang Theory, where that's mm. all they do is get away with yeah, racist shit absolutely. by lampshading. Um, I, I mean, you're right, I think. Putting a number after it, ethnic mismatch comedy number 6543 or whatever is like is funnier. It's definitely making a point about it. Mm. Whereas like The Simpsons have often step too far in the other direction, yeah. I think. There's one that we've talked about a bunch of times where Itchy and Scratchy go to a Chinese restaurant mm. and they all get eaten alive by these really racist stereotypes right. and then they eat the bones yeah. and then they're... Oh, I don't know, man. It's it's It doesn't always land, I think. And so maybe it's become something that I w I'm very wary about with The Simpsons. Yeah, at yeah, it definitely doesn't always land. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm parsing. I just like choose to believe in this instance there saying look how every yeah. show is just yeah. based on racial stereotypes mm. although they're still overlooking like yeah and we have hank azaria doing up who yeah which yeah. we will Seriously. for another 12 years you know so <laughs> yeah i think race <laughs> and the simpsons could be an entire thesis if not multiple thesis thesi theses thelopases Feces, just say it. You want to say it. Say it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, next in the chaos of the riot, they have like a art truck that's tipped over and yep. Homer smears pudding on Van Gogh's portrait and gives him a. Gives him like a Homer face. It was Homer weird. Beard. I didn't. I felt like I could have done with that as well. That was. I don't know what's up with that. I, I don't know why the art truck was there. It was just so they had something to knock over and burn. Like. Mm -hmm. The, yeah. the big beat of the story is we're going to start with a riot. What can we do to cause a riot so that Lisa gets upset, so that Lisa joins men, I, so that I guess the they needed to show them disrespecting art and intellectual property, whatever. Just start um, with a riot. Yeah. Make cold pan onto a riot, and everyone's just like, oh, I guess How did it's just start? another riot. Yeah, oh, it. I don't know. It's yeah, Wednesday. It's <laughs> riot Tuesday or something. It's a perfect opportunity to set up a first beat where it's a real bookmobile and mm -hmm. it's burning. Yeah. So it's a bookmobile yes. burning. So the second beat about the book burning mobile is a callback. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why it. they didn't do that. Actually, I like that way more. <laughs> yeah. Okay, mm. then we have the mm. next philosophical question of beat it. To what does it refer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Mensa, you pretentious wankers. Nah, I like that line a lot. <laughs> yeah. And finally is a bit of Simpsons broke my brain because anytime someone makes a grand philosophical statement, it's like, even you? No, not me. Never. <laughs> That's just imprinted <laughs> in my mind every time something doesn't apply to me. Yep. <laughs> How about you, Danny? Any other notes? Uh, like... I could sit here just whinging about how this episode didn't hit me personally, but you well, all have go good things to say. And, 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 and I... uh, do we bring you here to agree with us? <laughs> or do we bring you here to speak your mind? It, it sounds like you got more to say for the ranking, so I'll throw it to Micah. Do you have any other notes for this episode? Any other bits to mention? Yeah, some odds and ends. I love that, and I wonder when the switchover was. Lisa's still, it cuts to her in 2003 or five or whenever this is. Using a typewriter yeah. instead of a power book. Homer's reading um, the newspaper. I, 
<laughs> yeah. I was also oddly comforted in a similar way because I'm like, that's the old shit. Yeah. Uh, give it yeah. to me, baby. With that, <laughs> they make a Mel Lazarus joke, and I don't know who that is. <laughs> so I like Simpsons when it's so nerdy that there's references I don't know mm. because it makes me realize the reason I like that about a show that's very, very obscure and smart and has a lot to dig into is it makes me realize as I'm watching it, even if there's a joke I don't get, that there's more knowledge to be had in the world yeah. than I have. Yeah. And like there's that comforting feeling that your parents are immortal and invincible and they know everything and you know nothing, you know? There's yeah. this, it's it's beautiful. Or like really. playing a sport against someone who's really good and you progress faster. Yeah. I feel like I get smarter mm. if I watch shit where a couple of the jokes I don't even get. Where you're challenged. Um, so I like the Mel Lazarus bit even though I don't get it. <laughs> and uh I like the uh well, we've decided to use sensible solutions to help everyone in the community. Well, forgive this jaded reporter for saying I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, we really mean it. No, <laughs> 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 oh, totally. All right, well, it's time for my final notes. Little bit of a, <laughs> a Jordan Zaynor corner. Jordan yep. corner. So uh, we've got a frequent guest on this show who's particularly anally retentive, so we have a segment dedicated to him where we get mm. anally retentive. And as time progresses, we just get more and more muddled in the announcement of that segment. <laughs> so when Homer goes to look up boudoir, he clearly goes to beyond the halfway point of the dictionary. <laughs> oh my god. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> that is well, anal, man. Assume the first like 60 pages are introduction. <laughs> I-, I thought you were going to talk about the wait, bites. Wait, wait. You know he's dumb, right? Yeah. That's part of his... But he does find the word boudoir in that yeah. where yeah, he looks Then he goes and looks up photography. <laughs> then he goes back and looks at boudoir again. Boudoir. Yeah. <laughs> I love a good, like, mumbling through reading something joke, and when Chief Wiggum is going through the town charter, you can hear him mumble, mutual circumcision. <laughs> Wow. That's in the charter, huh? Yep. I'm so sorry. I know I interrupt too much, but this is my only chance to get Simpsons shit on the record. (laughs) Can I tell you, I feel like the only Simpsons thing that I noticed that I don't think I've ever heard anyone mention or notice ever (laughs) is a mumbling thing. Yeah. It's in the Mindy Simmons episode, the Mm -hmm. first one. I think Last Temptation of Homer. Yeah. There is a... uh, a school of Zen philosophy where a mantra you use is Nam Yoho Renge Kyo, which means I forget exactly, but it's something like, may your heart be like a lotus blossom opening. Mm-hmm. And now I know that Dan Castellaneta is into that specific new age shit because mm-hmm. when he's reading the shit on his hands to Mindy Simmons, yeah. that oh. is all smeared that he can't say perfectly. He <laughs> mumbles Nam Yoho Renge Kyo, which is like a Zen blessing. Damn, I was convinced it was a sentence backwards. In my head, I'm trying to, like, Nam is man backwards. Yeah. Yo, oh, no. Also, don't they have uh, Clato Brada Nicto hidden in there as well? Ooh. What's that one? Uh, from The Day the Earth Stood Still and also Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, the hidden Simpsons gems. So, oh, yeah, yeah back to what you were saying. You know, It's a show that makes you feel smarter. Like, the, you can look up their mumblings. Yeah. Their, yeah. You can yeah. They're seeming gibberish and find... <laughs> I found it because the YouTube subtitle Transcoder has gotten so good. Oh, wow. It finally spat out the words correctly, you know? <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. And my final note is, uh, this is a horrible joke, but obviously Hawking was on board for it. Larry Flint is right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it's time to rank this thing. And Danny, 
look who's up first on this. Oh, oh it's me. That's me. My, that's my name there. Set the pace. <laughs> oh, and Long for... pause. <laughs> Man, I feel like I'm just making friends with Swaim here, you know? We're, we're bonding and things, and now I'm going to have to go and drop this on him. <laughs> Look, I, I'm going to fail this one. Whoa. Um, cause... All right, well, I'll talk to you guys later. I gotta <laughs> fail. It's been fun. Oh, shit. Um, Mostly. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, well, look, I trust that the three of your rankings will bring it up by the mean system, the averages, you know? That means I have to follow my guts. And I walked out of this really upset. Not, like, really <laughs> upset, but just, like, I didn't enjoy myself at all. The Mensa guys were, first off, they were, like, snarky and nerdy. And then there was all this, like, this is what it means to be a nerd. <laughs> and their portrayal of intelligence and of nerdiness and of geeky. And then suddenly going into the thing. And I didn't like the, the contest at the start. I would have scrapped that. And then the riot. And then the, You know what? I liked moments. I liked brief, fleeting scenes <laughs> in the night. Here and there. I <laughs> BT. Mm. I mean, how do you follow an act like that? <laughs> I wish people could see the physical component, like plucking thoughts out of the sky. That's great. Hey, that's the fun thing about talking to Danny is there's so many ideas trying to get through your face at once that you physically <laughs> flailed after contain it all. It's great. Well, I think it started on about a bronze-ish and then got to a silver. I'm trying to figure out where that evens out. I'm tempted to be a little harsher, mostly because there are parts I think could have been cut to save space for somewhere else. So, because I'm, I'm sitting on the Brilva territory at this moment, um, just trying to think where my guts. I'm going to dust off an old technique, and I'm going to try saying both and see which one feels more real. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I give this a bronze. Ooh. I give this a silver. Ooh, damn, that's tight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with a silver with the right to blurt something out later. Fair all enough, right, all enough. right, Michael. Solid silver all the way. Wow. I'm sick of hearing the word guts, so I'm not going to say guts. I said it. But I envy your conviction. That was definitely I'm following my with... nose to a silver. Yeah. I think I painted myself into a corner because I voted YOLO bronze. Mm, this mm. has to beat that. Mm. Oh, damn, but it's I... not gold. It's definitely not gold. There's better. There, there is better. Elliot, what about you? <laughs> well, I am just going to briefly pull up my Excel spreadsheet because I'm going to have to need to figure out how the averages are going to work from yep. that. Yep. And I can't do math. I ain't in Mensa. But yeah, this is going to be the very first episode to receive three silvers and a failure. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to make it shiny bronze. We beat the spread. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, look, it's not one where i really enjoy the story too much but there are just a lot of great jokes and memorable lines in here and like a bronze like generally f makes me feel a little bit more disappointed you know bronze is okay silver is good i had a good time with this one and a lot preach, of preach sister pardon <laughs> Preach, Preach sister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to feel like maybe, uh, you know, Danny's one of them. You know, one of these Mensa folks who doesn't like the betrayal of which they made of him. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> and the rest of us dum-dums down here. Oh, like, my God. Could it be? Going to make litter out of this literati. He's a literati. <laughs> exactly. Well, BT was right. This does average out into a shiny bronze. Self-fire. Wow. <laughs> And it will be the, oh, the second episode from season 10 to receive a shiny bronze. It'll be joining 30 Minutes Over Tokyo. 
Hmm. Is that the one where they go to Tokyo? Yeah, yeah. that's a bronze. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> bronze with a little bit of shine on it. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for the teens era. Now we are going to the classic and what a classic we have. We are going to watch Lisa the Greek again. Michael, you picked this one, so you know what it's about. Mm. But Danny, I'll throw to you this time. Do you know what this episode is based on title alone? Lisa the Greek. It's where she makes him an offer she can't refuse. That's Sicily. Damn. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's a classic one. It's got Lisa in it. Therefore, by elimination, she really wants a pony, and Homer breaks his heart trying to support for his beautiful daughter. I thought it was the one where she opened up a kebab restaurant. Oh, yes, a gyro. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? Lisa the Greek is a reference in classic Simpsons form mm-hmm. to something from like the 50s or 60s that none of us Zorba know the Greek? about. Uh. Yeah, I think so. You got it. Zorba the Greek? Yeah. That there gets everything. <laughs> you gotta be sad. There's no jokes left for you to get, man. No worlds, no worlds left, left for me left to, to conquer. conquer. <laughs> if only I could understand me. <laughs> Alright, we're gonna go watch a classic Simpsons. We'll be back. And we are back, and we just watched our classic and final episode for the evening. This was Season 3, Episode 14, Lisa the Greek. First released in January of 1992, it was directed by Rich Moore, written by Jake Hogan and Wallace Wolodarski. In this episode, this is the Daddy-Daughter Day 1, and Homer gets Lisa Mm. into football, and specifically betting on football, and then really disappoints her. Hey guys, what do we think? I loved it. Delightful. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I mean, I picked it because I love it. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. spoiler alert. It's great. Well, yeah, in our correspondence as well, like, because I let you pick the teens and the classic ones, and you said, yeah, you're you're a big Lisa boy. So this one especially had a lot of resonance for you? Oh, yeah. I, uh, I grapple with chronic depression, so Lisa's like my guy. Mm. <laughs> Plus, mm. I was the eldest child who had all the attention showered on him, which means <laughs> I feel like... I'm the overlooked child because it created a need for attention that can never be filled. So even though I am Bart, I think I'm Lisa. So it it resonates in that way. Yeah. Well, I think in the course of doing this podcast, because, yeah, we've done like over 400 episodes now. and Show off. (laughs) Just thought I'd sneak that one in there. But no, what I've discovered is, yeah, I grew up, yeah, loving Homer and Bart. And over the course of this podcast, it's like, Oh no, I'm more about Lisa and Marge, actually. Yeah, for mm. real. I've long held that Lisa's the character you're supposed to identify with. Like, Bart's mm. wacky and Homer's lovable, but Lisa's the you in there. You, you, that's the one you're supposed to put yourself yeah, in the there's... shoes of. She's the one with all the character growth. She's all the one with the mm. with the, the sadness as well as the happiness, you know? The ups and the downs and things. Yeah, there's a somewhat prevailing theory that Lisa is the one a lot of the writers projecting themselves on for being these intellectual types in, you know, small communities that didn't under- necessarily understand, mm. you know, their efforts to Towards comedy writing and writing in general and you know creative expression yeah so uh yeah it was basically the um kind of conduit through which they would speak in theory of course who knows and bart can definitely carry a genuine character growth mm. yeah but yeah. lisa did it first like they would yeah. go to <laughs> lisa and then over time you're like lisa and bart as a team and then you're like okay bart can do it now homer and then finally you're like 
let's do an Apu episode that's very grounded <laughs> and like genuine for Apu. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it takes time. Lisa was the original identity Simpson. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's hook into the questionnaire. BT, we'll start with you this time. For better or worse, what's a moment that stands out to you? Matt, I wanted to speak back to something uh, Mike was saying in the very beginning where we kind of don't have any more the Simpsons being this you know, lower middle class family. And so that scene where they Homer treats them all to the fancy restaurant, I think nails that exactly. It's all they're playing up and telling jokes and the waiter's like, oh yes, how delightful. Haven't but, heard that one before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's like, this is what you would do if you were that kind of family in this kind of situation where, yeah, you're just going to be cracking jokes and, you know, talking about, oh, just bring us your finest bottle of wine. Chop, chop. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Well, even Marge, like to that point as well, saying, Homer, look at these prices. We can fix that termite problem for this. <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, oh, nothing but the best for my family. And he's wearing his long sleeves for once. <laughs> yeah, they're all in church clothes tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about you, Michael? What stands out to you from this episode, for better or worse? This watch specifically that we just did, I completely blanked on how touching the moment is where, and it's because it's a great song pick too, he plays Broken Neck Blues at the restaurant for Lisa and they hold mm-hmm. hands. Because I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know jazz well enough to know that Broken Neck Blues is a legitimate, respectable, like, pick. And regardless, it's such a good excuse to have a diegetic piece of score that The Simpsons would not normally be able to have in the score that makes this really cool, weird moment. It's kind of like the moment later where they're, it's more ham-fisted later, but (laughs) they're in the sensory deprivation booze and they switch places and she's like, Dad does actually love me because he's dumb and he sucks. So, of course, everything he tries sucks and is dumb. But why would he even be here if he didn't love me at some base level? And I think this is the OG episode where she's having that insight. And then he threatens it and they rediscover it. But, yeah, yeah, the moment where they first find it, as Homer says... My God, it's like we have some kind of bond. (laughs) Magic. I love that. Yeah, Mm. restaurant scene for Mm. sure. Yeah. Oh, has some kind of bond. Like right after she gets, oh, so gambling just makes a fun thing better. And it's like, oh, God. (laughs) But it is, it's punctuated with that sweetness as well. And he goes, not Sunday. Daddy, daughter, daddy tickles her nose. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, no, knowing how broken that heart's going to get. Oh, that moment. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what? How about you, daddy? What stands out to you for better or worse? Oh, man. You know what? Oh. I, I know. I could just say that whole thing. Um, <laughs> I really liked watching him climb the mountain at the end, you know? <laughs> like, he's made up with her. He's realized how much of a problem he's been. He's tried to make amends. He didn't bet money on the thing. Mm-hmm. He got a second chance at making a bond with his daughter. And he does go on the big hike, and he's, like, doing the gulpy, out-of-breath thing where you're like, yeah. oh, he's going to hurl. Man. <laughs> but he's there at the top of the mountain, you know? It's really beautiful. He did the thing. He did the thing. <laughs> That was really sweet. What about you, man? Oh, well, just to top on that, like, just the shot of the city, you know, it's not drawn quite as well as the Simpsons episode we saw before, but it's got its own sort of sense of beauty with the oranges and the way they painted the town and the sunset. Like, yeah, classic Simpsons sunsets are just Mm -hmm. uh, a thing of beauty sometimes. Oh, but uh, to your question, what stands out to me? Just because there's probably not a lot to pick off from this, the tiny little Bart subplot at the start of the episode in the first (laughs) act of him going clothes shopping, you know? (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah. That was just a great little bit of uh, relatable being a kid and having to go clothes shopping with a mom who's embarrassing you. 
opening the door on Oh, you. man. Yeah. Just all the adults point and laugh at him. Uh, Poor guy. What like, a stupid kid. Yeah. <laughs> also includes, I think, one of the more beloved jokes of all time in Simpsons, which is, those aren't the socks she came in with. Let's move. <laughs> Let's throw in the shotguns. Yeah. yeah. That was great. Oh, man. And it, it's got that great Marge moment of, well, anyone who beats you up for wearing a shirt isn't your friend. Thanks, like, <laughs> Marge. It's so Thank Marge. You. It's so beautiful. So on character. Yeah. 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 Oh, God, she's magical. Oh, uh, isn't she? Like, she is literally magical. She could know what face he was pulling behind <laughs> all those clothes. Her mother knows. <laughs> but it's interesting in this episode that was, especially in comparison to the ones we just watched, such a slower pace. They took their time with a lot more jokes that they still even had time just to throw in a couple of little scenes of this Bart story at the start, which, you know, didn't really function into the rest of it, but was totally welcome and nice. Sure. I really like it as sort of a beat where Marge sees Homer and, and Lisa trying to bond and she gives the advice to Lisa. Maybe you should reach out to him and say, which is great advice. Oh, it's perfect. Well, that gets Beautiful. surprisingly blue. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. And Marge is like, and I uh, reach out with a couple of other things yeah. that you'll find out when you're older. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of be interested in power tools and car chase movies and... Uh, some other things. Furious <laughs> masturbation. <laughs> Pretty obvious. Now we have guys. a trilogy of furious masturbation. <laughs> Play count. How many times before tonight have you seen this episode? Oh, at least 25. Yeah? Minimum. Yeah. I'd say uh, 52% of the time. <laughs> so you haven't watched it 48% of the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, VXIL, I don't know, Super Bowl talk. <laughs> Many times. I've seen this one a bajillion times. I think they're up to L now, aren't they? Oh, I also would have no way. Of oh, thank God. <laughs> well, yeah. I thought I was like going to say, well, we call it soccer, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it's football. That's as far as I know. Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I was going to ask you as our American correspondent if you can shed any light on the NFL trivia in this episode, but no. <laughs> no, I don't even know what L, what the L is for. Ah, good on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always love when um, Super Bowl is trending on Twitter and stuff that people are using the hashtag to tag in superb owls. <laughs> <laughs> I think Colbert started that. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Colbert Report launched that meme and it just continues. Oh, it's oh, he's incredible. <laughs> Superb owl. But apparently for the year after this as well, that when it went back into syndication, apparently they redubbed the final two teams at the end oh, to really? be Super Bowl accurate. Really? And it came out before the episode and once again they picked the winner. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Because I know everyone would watch The Simpsons and then be like, I'm going to go bet on who Homer bets on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How could it That's go also some George Lucas crap though. I don't need that. Why would you have to go back and make it accurate? The <laughs> yeah. joke doesn't rely on it being accurate. That's weird to me. Yeah. And it leaves the, the Simpsons intact. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then on the alternative that you get the uh, bit where it's the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that bit. Yeah. yeah. And his wife, <laughs> Hillary. <laughs> so wackiness. Was this a particularly wacky episode? Not massively, no. <laughs> I know it's reasonably wacky for in the first 13 seconds of play for the score to be 7-0. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 13 seconds. Yep. But it's never like suspension of disbelief, yeah. you know? Compared to the last two episodes we watched, there's no Inspector Gadget in a wheelchair blowing flames out of his laser eyes while he's flycoptering away. Uh, it's weird to think that that episode was only seven years later, right? Mm -hmm. Dude. <laughs> 
It's weird to think that I'm not being sarcastic. <laughs> you know? he, these are things that happen. Yeah. Oh. And even among its peers, I think this is one of the more grounded yeah. ones. Yeah. Because yeah. you can go back in the early seasons and still find Homer like surviving stuff he shouldn't survive, yeah. etc. But this one has almost none of that. Mm. It's very much like a Married with Children episode <laughs> that's way better written than Married with Children. <laughs> <laughs> Although we do get a bit of black-haired Wiggum, so uh, that's a thing. Yeah. Oh. Yep. <laughs> and a brief Hartman, which is always good to oh, see. Yeah. Uh, yes, our one guest star for the episode. Yeah, he's starring in a new sitcom, and he just loved the script, and given the trouble with his IRS, <laughs> I couldn't say no. <laughs> um, well, one of my... F- actually sealed the deal, which <laughs> yeah. I think is a particularly good Hartman delivery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's the best. Uh, just the dynamic going on there. And he was also playing Smooth Jimmy Apollo at the top of the episode as well. Smooth Jimmy Apollo. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, I googled and Lisa the Greek is a reference to Jimmy the Greek who was a sportscaster who predicted oh. stuff weekly. Ah. That makes oh. so much more sense yeah. than Zorba the Greek. <laughs> Zorba was a good pull though. I still got to <laughs> give it to you. Undeserved. <laughs> 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 Well, yeah, I think it really harking back to the time of, yeah, all the hotlines and stuff, you know, not that I knew any Super Bowl ones, but I certainly looked up uh, the ones for Tarzos. (laughs) (laughs) Pog? Just to translate that, Tarzos were like an Australian version of Pogs. Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) Oh, okay. I'd call into the Sega CD hotline to figure out how to beat Willie Beamish and stuff. Oh, yeah. 900 number, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I gotta love the one on this. It's like, you know, $5 for the first minute, $2 every minute after that. You've reached the coach's hot line <laughs> in the game of, of Sin. Sin. C- Cincinnati. That. <laughs> Again, <laughs> they were taking their time with a lot of these jokes. Yeah. yeah there I, are very few jokes where the joke is how long and slow the joke is yeah. that I'm still forgiving with these days, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, Family Guy was almost groundbreaking that one time they did it where he's on the ground you're like come on the joke's still going it's still going it's not funny and then it's funny again and then it's not funny and then it's funny again yeah. well for me it was when they did the chicken fight for 60 seconds and you're like that is funny how long of yeah. a period yeah absolutely it. then they do it for three and a half minutes mm-hmm. and you're like I get it you're just gonna do a full episode at some point then they do it for seven minutes and you're yeah. like I yeah. fucking get it and yeah. then they finally do full chicken episode and you don't care anymore but it th- I just just got to underscore that Cincinnati slow phone call. Uh, That's one of my favorite Simpsons chunks of all time. It's part of the reason I picked this episode (laughs) because within it, I think what maintains it as a slow joke is the joke is not repeated He's trying to go fast, but it's yeah, going slow. Yeah. It includes different jokes that peek in, like, mm. don't you realize this is costing me money? <laughs> and yeah. the wind will be coming out of the northeast <laughs> at four <laughs> miles per hour. Not. Ah! <laughs> uh. Which, four knots is like nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It's such like a little factor is all I'm saying. Uh, we must consider many things. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, like not too much to report on with the wackiness, but how about the heart? That feels ah. like a big topic. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a chunk of heart there. Mm. A beating, throbbing <laughs> chunk of bloody heart. Gruesome. Yeah. Yeah. I really commend this episode and a lot of early Simpsons to do this thing where it's like very little story beats. Like mm. Homer just decides to go bowling instead of hanging out with Lisa. But what a fucking heart wrench they oh, turned yeah. that yeah. seemingly little thing. Yeah, the new football season's only seven months away and it's just, oh. ooh. You felt that, I felt that, your mum felt that. 
Yeah. <laughs> Especially because it's still in the era where Lisa does these dressing down monologues mm. that an eight year old could never do. <laughs> and they're so incisive and well written. Oh, yeah. Like, I do think there's downsides to a whole show being written by Harvard Lampoon guys. But one of the upsides <laughs> is. When you have the smarty pants character do a monologue in the seasons where it's still all those early guys, David Cohen and whatnot, mm. they're very good speeches. Like these guys <laughs> could be writing presidential speeches. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's like I heard a quote recently and I can't remember who it's by, but it's where it says perfection is not where you can no longer add anything else. It's where you can't take anything else away. And the way they do the heart in this episode is so small. Mm -hmm. It's just these little bits of daddy-daughter day, and then they establish that Homer's going to do something else, and then that one line is, oh, you know, seven months away, and then bang, that's everything, and you get it entirely. Yeah. And something I really noticed as a subtle dig in this watching of it is when um, Homer comes in and Lisa's like, oh, you've come to buy my love. Well, sorry, Homer. And she says Homer and not oh, dad. Oh, I know that. And consider that yeah. it's been daddy the whole time. Yeah. yeah. And then it's Homer. It's just, ah, it's the smallest thing, but I think that it digs perfectly. Let me ask you guys, since you've done the research, do you find that because you have limited time, like, is it impossible to do, because I also like Wacky Simpsons, is mm. it impossible to do Wacky and Heart? Like, do they conflict with each other? Is it better when an episode focuses I'd say yes. Uh, I uh, think there are some that definitely balance it. But, um, yeah, but yeah. like I think the more you go for the jokes, mm. the less you invest in the emotion of the story, you know? I, I mean, there's a balance, sure, but you sort of got to have a decision, I want this type of an episode, right? Yeah, but I mean, it depends on what kind of wacky, because we talk about there's the implausible wacky and then there's the impossible wacky. So think about something like Lisa's Pony, which is full of heart, but it still involves Homer putting a pony in the back of his car and getting into <laughs> Lisa's bed. Yeah. Having and, it lie yeah. down in the bed. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know he falls asleep and has the door closing on his head into the quickie mart and stuff like that. <laughs> it's still got the wacky moments, but it is, oh my God, it's heart everywhere. That's actually a really good pull to make that yeah. argument. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a perfect example and i think homer getting hit in the head with the circular saw and continuing to sleep <laughs> oh. was when they first decided he's a little magic yeah. he's a yeah. little immortal. Yeah. <laughs> no absolutely but yeah that's it it isn't impossible for simpsons to be yeah wacky and heartfelt at the same time you know that's why we do like to explore the concepts on the podcast is because simpsons like you could even put it on like a little grid thing you know mm. wackiness and heart yeah. where does it fall mm. yeah. doesn't make it yeah. intrinsically bad or good it's just yeah a point yeah. worth discussing I, I think the ones that get both are very very rare yeah. So. Yes. Is it safe to say that everyone's favorite episodes are the heart ones, though? Uh, yeah, I would argue ooh. yes. Because in doing the Simpsons Index, my, a lot of these rewatches are contenders. My favorite are the Lisa's Pony Ooh, yeah. or Lisa the Beauty Queen. Yeah. Because they are just oh, really man. funny, but also they get you. <laughs> they get you. That's get it, you. man. Mm -hmm. What do you reckon, Mike? What I... are some of your contenders for top? Oh God, that's too hard. Oh man, mm. I literally refuse to answer. I'm sorry, <laughs> no, but instead, okay. instead I'll say this: I think more than I feel. Mm. So, like my other favorite shows, Arrested Development, mm. because it's about a bunch of sociopaths. But I'm not there <laughs> to care about that. Mm. I love the intricacy of yeah. the construction yeah. of the jokes. And with Simpsons, I really do. It's way more clear in Futurama because by the time Futurama rolls around, they just completely segregated mm. heart episodes and wacky episodes. Yeah. yeah. I guess I, I really have a soft spot for the episodes that cram as many jokes in as possible, yeah. like Monty Python would, like Airplane would. 
So like, yeah, I think Camp Krusty is up there for me. Mm. And there's tiny moments of heart. Like, I think we're going to die. Me too. I mean, right now. Oh, so do I. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not real heart. It doesn't yeah. end with any moment where the parents reconnect with the kids. The parents are doing their yoga jokes and shit. It's just so fucking funny. Yeah. And I got a stump for the ones that are just like pure uncut comedy from beginning to end, I think. Yeah. Yeah, whereas this episode's not full of a lot of those wacky jokes and it doesn't even feel like they're cramming in as many yeah. jokes as possible, but there's a lot of situational humour that I like, mm. like where the daddy-daughter day just evolves into Lisa making the calls for Mo. Yep. Mm. I think those are really like powerful moments, just how that how the day progresses for them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, any, any other heartfelt moments that stand out to you guys? Uh, where she sells off all her Malibu Stacey stuff bought with dirty oh, money. Yeah. Mm. It's, uh, yeah it's, it's poignant. She... Got rid of the collagen injection clinic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't even want to know about the chinchilla coat. You know, and it's got that parallel of she starts in the shoebox and then ends in the shoebox. Yeah. 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 Oh, actually, there was another heartfelt parallel where Homer, you know, starts out watching football alone with all the snacks and mm -hmm. stuff. And by the way, yeah, playlist of looking inside Homer's fucking heart episodes. I thought you were going to say like the... Yes. Uh, Almost, you know, multiple armed grabbing different snacks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like a Ganesha sort of guy. Yeah, yeah totally mm. dock hocking. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but yeah, then once Lisa turns her back on him, he's just back to the snacks alone, you yeah. know. Well, just, and it's yeah. just one chip yeah. and dip. Yeah. Symbolism in chips. Mm -hmm. <laughs> By the way, I noticed some of the brand names of things he's eating crunchy corns and salt doodles. <laughs> Uh, salt, salt doodles, doodles. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i could go a pack of salt doodles right now it man i know what i'm having for dinner <laughs> so i wanted to ask about the end as well um yeah mike what do you reckon how do you reckon the end played out for you with uh lisa you know saying the teams that she loves homer and sorry yeah that <laughs> what i uh it works for me for heart. I feel like I'm jaded by the formula being perfected because I do think it's very real that there was kind of a talent drain when Futurama started ramping up mm -hmm. because a lot of your core, core people that make The Simpsons stay feeling like The Simpsons went to Futurama yeah. and they nailed heart so well that it by the future on there that to me it feels like a hack a brain hack where like the dog episode the don't mm. you forget about me brother luck of the mm. fryrish episode mm -hmm. every time they just decide to flip a switch they go this is one of those episodes where you fucking ball at the end <laughs> got you bitch and, yeah. Um, yeah i feel like simpsons still has a more organic blend mm. so for sheer impact I don't sob at the end of Lisa the Greek, but I have this meditative moment that by the time they've amped up their formula in later Simpsons years and into Futurama and Disenchantment, I'm never going to feel this exact feeling again. It feels like the same way in the 70s, a movie like Kramer versus Kramer could win Best Picture and the mm. feelings it inspires, this thing about a dense custody battle. This Simpsons feels like a different era where Absolutely. I watched things that gave me this feeling of like, that's just realistic. He's huffing and puffing. You get the impression he's not going to do this again. He'll probably backslide <laughs> and be a bad father yeah, soon. Yeah. But yeah. she'll remember forever that this one time he tried and life just is what it is. And yeah. uh, I feel like they got much more definitive as time went on. Yeah. And that's true of all TV and film right now. So I like this like weird feeling of just like, and we're out. 
it's better than when it was bad. So mm. let's just leave it there. Sunset. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> now, how about you guys? Thoughts on the endings? I really liked it. I thought it was heartfelt. Not like a slap in the face of heartfelt, just like slice of life, you know? The perfect sort of counterpoint to that was Bart being like, you hate your dad's up by five. Yeah. <laughs> that was beautiful. Because it was short and sweet. I often like find Simpsons does a lot to undercut the heart in later stuff, but a brief moment to sort of balance it out is, is just the, the salt on your strawberries. You know, that was really lovely. Um, salt on your strawberries. Wait, is that a common thing to eat? Where in Australia, you guys are? Down, down under. You're all Italian, right? You're coming at me from Italy? No, <laughs> we we love our strawberries and salt doodles. Yeah, no, interesting. I, stop. I, I heard somewhere that putting salt on your strawberry yeah, yeah make, brings a, out the sweetness. Isn't that a thing? Yeah, yeah. It's a, I gotta try that. <laughs> I, I know that with watermelon. I haven't heard strawberry. Yeah, oh, oh, there you go. At least we're on the yeah. same page. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I was just gonna say it's a having the teams be what resolve this issue keeps us in the story so far. We don't go to Homer trying to redeem himself by doing something else. It keeps us in what we're already doing. He doesn't try to do something. He's just like accepting. Does she still love yeah. me? Does she forgive me the or not? The simple outline of wow. if I love you, Washington, if I don't, Buffalo. And there's a lot of, and I like that it keeps us where we are. We don't go to like some other thing. Yeah. And then that last little, you know, scene where they're climbing the mountain says that, yeah, he gets it now. And he's broken the plans with Barney to go climb Mount Springfield. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's super notable that this early in the show, he realizes she still loves him mm. and he still decides, but in reciprocity, I need to try a little harder. And then not too much later in the show, Lisa's pony, he'll look at Bart and say, you don't get squat. Why? Because I look in your eyes and I know you still love me. Yeah. Ah. yeah. 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 Um, there was also a good moment where Barney says, hey, do you want to go bowling next Sunday? I'll have to blow off my mom who's coming in from Poland Nor or something. From Norway. <laughs> oh, wow. Dumble, apparently. But, but what? no big deal. Let's go bowling. And so, like, that's the clear example of, Homer, don't be this guy. This mm. guy's blowing off his mother to go bowling. Mm. And then Homer makes the exact same mistake and tries to blow off his daughter to go bowling. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Mm. I know. <laughs> Barney is clearly worse Homer. That's right. it. That's they it. are twins from alternate reality. There, but for yeah. the grace of God. <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? A hundred percent. This is my type of Simpsons, yeah. man. I think it's one of the episodes that dictated the feel of The Simpsons. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's always hard asking this question with these, like... Uh, the formative ones? Yeah, especially the first three seasons, where it, I think, like, season four is where they really hit their stride, and they knew what the characters were. But, yeah, as far as setting it up goes, these characters all resemble the ones I know today, except for Wiggum and his hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jumping on the real problems, huh? Jordan's mm. anal corner. Jordan's <laughs> anal corner. <laughs> but yes or no, would you watch this one again? Hell yes, definitely. Absolutely. And I could watch again right now. Mm. Well, we might, mm -hmm. but first, we must ask. Episodes that we do want to uh, watch again, we like to think about what playlist we'd put in. You know, what other episodes sort of pair well with this one? I mean, Lisa's Pony, I think, would be a nice uh, yeah, counterpoint to this because it goes from she still loves him to that fear that she doesn't at all anymore. Yeah. And it's a very different resolution to him just realizing that uh, in Lisa's Pony he actually has to do something to redeem himself. Also, sports, 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 sports. 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 Mm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I was going to say when Lisa becomes the head coach of the Little League team because there's that similar Moneyball feel where she mm. just instantly is using all statistics. Yeah, yeah. By the way, that episode 
pales in comparison to this one, but <laughs> they'd go together. Yeah. yeah. You could see where how I far we've fallen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could sort of see a link to episodes where like Homer's trying to earn in grandpa's love, you know? They're, like the mm. ones where they go back to the old farmhouse and things. There's a bunch of parallels where yeah. Homer's desperate to have the approval of his dad and dad calls him a no good, useless. Pe- Homely as a mule spot? Homely as a mule spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just comes into good Lisa episodes. Mm. And oh, easily. Maybe if you were doing a bit of a stretch, you know, Bart getting bullied episodes. <laughs> you got to come out sometime, Simpson. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he did look like a complete dweeb, though. <laughs> oh, the episode where he dresses like a complete dweeb, gets the voice and the big shoes sure. and the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or even all the uh, Super Bowl. I believe they've done four or five Super Bowl halftime shows on yeah. The Simpsons. Wow. <laughs> the never tedious halftime show. <laughs> the long overdue celebration of the halftime show itself. <laughs> oh yeah, never tedious. Mm-hmm. Time celebration yeah. half times. Although I got to say, I was more invested in Duff versus Duff Dry. You know, they're both great teams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so Michael, what would you like to change about this episode? <sighs> oh man, now mm. the questions get hard. I got the easy. I get to go first, so I'll take the easy short one. Wiggum's hair. <laughs> Damn it! Other there goes than my that, answer. I'm good on it. <laughs> so nothing else. He's, he's, he's good. That's really it. Uh, I think it's wrong. close to a perfect episode. Yeah. How about you, V2? Man, I'm going over my notes, and I don't have any negatives written here. So, um, uh, I would like Meryl Streep's versatility to be a real product. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, why do they not sell those? Go to hell. Go to hell. Kiss my butt. They used to have that. Yeah, okay, I'll cool. get you one Official for Christmas. Simpsons brand, though, please. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> I yeah. love that Homer is also able to bond with Bart in this episode in a new way, but very quickly. <laughs> Again, Dad, great yeah. gift. <laughs> and it's got that great all reprise work, after the big heart moment of you know Lisa storming off, or sorry, running off crying. This because go to hell, go to hell. Yeah. Again, great present, Dad. <laughs> yeah, I like to think that Bart was totally absent in this whole thing. And just... <laughs> so it's undercutting the heart a little, but it does help you get yeah, to the commercial you, break. You go to the commercial break on a joke though what would you like to change danny uh it's not an easy question i sort of would i mean if we're just spitballing anyway i sort of wouldn't mind keeping the the marge bart story going so we have the parallel going throughout the end mm-hmm. it'd be nice because it doesn't feel like bart learned a lesson about marge you know feels like lisa and homer learned about each other but Bart gets beaten up and hates his new no, clothes. He's probably just still in that car. Yeah, that feels unresolved to me as a subplot. Yeah, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> this episode fucking hypocrite. Rules. That's why he went last. Yep. (laughs) I see what you're doing over there. Maybe if they could have actually gone into Troy McClure's new sitcom of uh, him being the detective living with a criminal. Handle with care, yeah. Yeah, handle with care. Thank you. (laughs) All right, we're here. Danny, do you have any other notes? I really liked the hard cut from this team's my lock of the week to clicking over to the next channel, this team's my shoe in of the yeah. week. And Ooh, yeah. That's a big shoe. Yeah, and he was so easily really influenced shoe. by all that shit, too. And then later on, Lisa's got her own, her five-star silver bullet. Money? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. He is the everyman, isn't he? Mm-hmm. You know, seeing the most obvious ploys on the television and just being like, holy shit, I want money. Yeah. I like big shoes and locks. Yeah. The uh, world understands Homer. Oh, uh, yeah, playlist of Homer impulsively calling something after seeing a commercial. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, like with the juicer yeah. and he just starts palming the phone <laughs> okay, okay. Calm. Calm. <laughs> 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 dumb bastards 
How about you, BT? Any other notes? Well, when you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time. Well, you're and off just the uh, hook. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Again, it's a stacking of jokes. Well, what did you say that for? <laughs> well, you're off the hook. Yeah. <laughs> just, the immediate forgive there. Uh, library, the hit place to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like the signs were really working. Oh, yeah. It's been a madhouse, Lisa. <laughs> And I think that actually puts me out of nose. Well done, everyone. There was a bit about homoeroticism when she's looking up football in the <laughs> yeah, library. Football homoeroticism in yeah. the Canadians' goofy rules of. <laughs> <and> like, yeah. <laughs> How about you, Michael? Any other notes? Oh, yeah, I got two. I really love both of Moe's answering the phone bits in this. Yeah. Actually, all three. Uh, Moe's Tavern, where the peanut bowl is fresh and hourly. <laughs> and then when we cut in next time, he's hanging up from taking a bet. And yeah. he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good luck, your eminence. <laughs> <laughs> or like he announces his Moe's smorgasbord and it's like, bologna, bread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems funny that that even is too generous for Mo now. <laughs> like yeah. current day Mo Trump hoils mm-hmm. bowls of pretzels on the bar. <laughs> it's shocking that he would give them baloney. And then uh, I think the standout vocal delivery of the episode is Homer sobbing at the bar watching the game, and a guy goes, "Geez, buddy, what you got riding on this game, my daughter." Oh, what a gambler. Yeah. <laughs> He's so impressed. <laughs> yeah. All right. And time for my final notes. I love the sound effect of the whip when Homer takes off his belt. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I agree with Homer. That sounds like a fucking delicious ice cream that he's got with, yeah, the fudge and the whipped cream, <laughs> crushed nuts and crumbled up cookie, cookie things. things. Yeah, definitely. I'd bet my entire college fund on it. <laughs> Mo put $23 on Yeah. <laughs> All right, it's time to rank this thing. Oh, wait, one more note. Fucking Bill Haley sucks. I know it was the point of the bit, but God damn it. (laughs) Also at church, when the reverend says, I'm glad someone could resist the lure of the big game, and you just hear, yes, yes, (laughs) yes. Oh, beautiful. That was just magic. All right, it's time to rank this thing. And Michael, you can go first this time. The big old CZ, baby. Yeah. He's got it. Cubic zirconium of the fakest and shiniest variety. (laughs) (laughs) So sum up your feelings. Why is that? Because as we said, I think it's one of the episodes that put the formulas in our brains that later became Mm. the basic formulas of the golden era. And everything that we perceive that's sort of like the downslide afterward, I see as... People taking, well, there's this anomaly that Family Guy became a huge hit and definitely impacted the trajectory. Yeah. But by and large, (laughs) it's these same formulas. They're just faster, more louder, more extreme version to top the last version you saw. And it's so refreshing to go back and see the original version. It's like you've only ever had a Tex-Mex fusion avocado bacon burger with an egg on top. And that is rad. Yeah. But then someone it like takes you back to the wild West and gives you a burger. That's just ground chuck on a, a potato bun with a slice of tomato. And you're like, wow, that's what it's all about. Yeah. That's what started it. Yeah. yeah. I don't I'm hungry. Is that the take, that's the takeaway. All right. Well, I'm echoing those points. It's just, I was thinking about bumping it down to gold because, yeah, it's not indicative of, like, a heart and jokes episode, but fucking hell they deliver on the heart. Mm. So, yeah, that's easy cubic from me, BT. 
yeah, it was the same kind of way. I was about halfway through. I'm like, oh, that's a little joke light. Is this a goal? But then it's just so core to the Simpsons experience. And it's such a well-structured episode. We don't throw into bizarre... When we were talking about wackiness, there's so little here because it feels so real and it feels core Simpsons, basically. So, yeah, this is everything we love about the show. And Danny, I'm assuming a participant or... Ah, uh, you know me so well. No, it's <laughs> three failures in a row, right? Um, uh, no, we're this, all this has really left me feeling warm and fuzzy. I think that's great. Now that we've sort of talked it through, I think... I, I mean, I do gravitate towards the heartfelt ones, but really, I just gravitate towards tight writing, you know? The early seasons especially, there's no wasted moment, there's no moment that isn't either funny or poignant or both, and they don't sacrifice plot to cram in 35 different subplots and yeah. screen gags and things in the later seasons where the screen's just crowded with background and gags. just one where they let both the plot and the jokes breathe. It's balanced. It's so mm. balanced, you know? I wish I could write like that. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, wonderful to announce that Lisa the Greek will be a unanimous cubic zirconia. Mm. This will be the fifth episode from season three that we've dubbed a unanimous cubic zirconia. Wow. It will be joining the aforementioned Lisa's Pony. Also, Flaming Moe's, because of oh, yeah. course that was. Yeah, of course. Mm. Homer alone, that's when uh, Homer's left alone with Maggie and she runs away and all mm -hmm. that. Yep. Uh, Rancho Relaxo. Oh, it's Rancho. <laughs> I wish I could have talked about Rancho Relaxo. <laughs> that was a game changer for the series. They're yeah. like, okay, Marge is a real character. Here we go. And yeah. you're like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just being able to watch her get some time to herself and what yeah. she does with it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Bathtub, Thelma and Louise, and a bottle of tequila. And a chocolate sundae. Oh, she's the best. And, and the first time we ever see her hair down, I yeah. believe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Marge with her hair to down. Marge. <laughs> to Marge! To <laughs> Marge! And also Homer at the Bat, which was a yeah. very early cubic zirconia for us. That was, yeah. oh, that no question. hits the ground running and Phenomenal just doesn't stop. Phenomenal episode. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, that about does it for the uh, Simpsons. Huh? All right. No. Uh, it's just, we do have one final question. Do we? Mm. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> BT, your uh, turn to do the questioning. So we have a question for all our new guests, and that's simply, if you could have a sandwich named after you, what would that sandwich be? If that's too difficult, because it is a hell of a question to drop on someone, just the question of best sandwich? The Swaim. I think you mentioned it before, uh, but anyway. No, I'll go, because uh, there's a sandwich that I constantly... Okay. There's a whole subset of argument about whether a hot dog's a sandwich, and I, I would, think people uh, say no. I say yes, personally. But, but for the purposes of being able to have an answer quickly, mm -hmm. let's not even talk about that whole <laughs> argument. Um, I was addicted to and constantly recommend to people, and it's about it's like the heart and the joke thing. Peanut butter on a hot dog. hot Just what? bare hot dog wow. and peanut butter. They go, they're so different from each other. And oh, but they're both good foods. Mm. That it the peanut butter tastes extra peanut buttery, and the hot dog tastes extra hot doggy. This if that incredible. sounds like something you want in your life, strawberries and salt. You know, yeah. <laughs> this the is like the Elvis. You. Yeah, you yeah. just blew my mind. Well, so like with the hot dog as well, you're doing the trimmings as well, tomato, mustard, or no, just no, Frankfurt? No, 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 no. Peanut butter only. Straight peanut butter. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Wow. <laughs> Some of our most ambitious sandwiches involve peanut butter. Like our friend Jimmy <laughs> Mack, he oh, had man. a toasted sandwich with peanut butter, baked beans, cheese, and potato chips. Yep. 
and then like pressed together in a jaffle. Yeah. Baked beans. Yeah. That sounds. I can get behind that. I can already tell <laughs> that. We know someone who the tried it. Potato and they said chip. It was good. The baked beans. That's a good mix. Peanut mm. butter seems like an odd thing, but I, I mean, I mean, I'd have to, I'd have to go there. You know. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. That now that does it for the Simpsons Index. <laughs> um, Michael, uh, tell our listeners where can they find you online and what's your stuff? Oh gosh. Um, on Twitter, I'm at Swaim underscore Corp C O R P. And I am on, well, we, the team, is on Instagram at Small Beans Comedy. You can find all of our podcasts just by searching for Small Beans on wherever you get podcasts. You can find all our videos on YouTube by searching for the Small Beans channel. And our hub that includes bonus material, behind-the-scenes shit. If you're a super fan, just go to patreon.com slash smallbeans, and you'll be up to date with all the news related to me and most of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, thank you, like, very much for joining us today. Like, we're, yeah, seriously big fans of your work. Yeah, we're huge fans, man. I'm so... Oh, I'm (laughs) thrilled. This was... I felt so bad. People don't know. It took us about 40 minutes to get this rolling. (laughs) I also rescheduled once because a friend had to go to the hospital so like it's been quite a saga Mm -hmm. and i'm just so grateful you guys had me thank you so much this is a blast oh Oh, no like seriously like pleasure's all ours (laughs) yeah man thank you mr swam (laughs) (laughs) all right well yep that's been episode 144 of the simpsons index that's been pt calloway no hoy and that's been danny rosewell i'm danny rosewell that's been michael swam no (laughs) (laughs) and i'm your host elliot j o'neill that's all the mustard in the house! Woo! Thank you for listening to The Simpsons Index Podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com slash thesimpsonsindex or at simpsonsindex on Twitter and Instagram. Now, there's no bonus scenes this week, so I want to do some quick plugs. Next week, we are having another special guest in the Index. Jack Picone from Worst Episode Ever Podcast will be joining us. And also, please check out our new podcast that's hosted by BT, Thrones of Game, where we watch Game of Thrones backwards bt has already watched the show but i have never seen it before doing this podcast it's very silly but it's a lot of fun also we have been guests on other podcasts recently check out our multiple appearances on shut up and take my podcast which is a wonderful futurama podcast i got to guest on an episode recently featuring futurama director steven sandoval and oh my god it was such an honor and a really fun episode to do also we reviewed mortal Kombat annihilation on the podcast one good thing and those guys will be joining us for an index very soon And finally, to our beautiful friends over at Hottest 100s and Thousands. It's a fantastic music podcast that reviews the songs of the Triple J Hottest 100. They just wrapped their sixth season, and you can hear me in a small cameo in the season finale. All right, that's it from me. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next week.